0: Welcome to episode six of the Nerd Switch Podcast. My name is Dylan, and joining me today is my good friend and fellow nerd Jeremiah.
1: Hello again,
0: everybody. Good hey, beer. Hi, best friend. Hi, best friend. Yes, you had a good
1: weekend so far. So far. Play some video games. Kind of. Oh, kind of. <laughs> had to do a lot of errands this weekend. Oh,
0: boo! I played Modern Warfare two. Boo! No.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so. Being a couple of nerds, it should come as no surprise that we're pretty heavily invested in gaming. Uh, We have done one episode already on the topic where we discussed why we love horror within video games. With 2022 coming to an end here pretty soon, it's about that time of year where gamers and moviegoers might start to sort of make a list of their favorite games and movies from throughout the year. And while we do plan on making a list for this year, we want to wait until the end of uh probably December so that we get some time to you know play and experience some of the other releases this year but in the meantime we want to use this episode to kind of look back through the years and discuss our previous game of the year choices going as far back as the 2000s with that being said let's go ahead and flip the switch and talk about the last 10 plus years and what they've had to offer in gaming (laughs) so are you uh are you a typical list maker do you do you make your top 10 lists at the end of each year or
1: not at all this is my first time and going back through the years uh i had a lot to pick from that's for sure
0: yeah i I do it every year i think it's fun to kind of rank the entries and gaming and movies. I when always,
1: I, when I have a lot, I can think on, and when I have enough time to put it together, I can put a good list together. Yeah. But when someone's like, when you're in that casual conversation, like, "Hey, what's your favorite game?" Yeah, I'd be like, "Uh, <laughs> what games did I play this year?" Right. <laughs> I, I gotta don't know. think about it, and I have to kind of like put it together. Yeah, I just. I, I
0: love listing them off. You know, all year I make mental notes. I'm like, this is probably my
1: probably my game of the year. I've only started doing that because of you. <laughs> you do it. So I'm just like, oh, I wonder how Dylan thinks of this when he's playing. <laughs> and now I'm starting to do it, too.
0: I am a critic at heart. <laughs> so... Before we uh, jump into our list here, let's kind of talk about just how we're going to structure this. So we're going all the way back as far as we can into the 2000s. So we'll start our list with our pre-2010 honorable mentions, just any game that came out from like 2000 up to 2010 that we like. We won't go super in-depth on them unless they're, you know, ones you really want to talk about, but... So I'll, I'll kick us off in the year 2001 which, with one that I think a lot of people are probably familiar with, with Halo Combat Evolved.
1: See, now I didn't get to start too much into Halo growing up. I didn't get to get into Halo until like Halo 3. A little bit of 2. I mean,
0: I definitely didn't play it the year it came out. Yeah. But it is one that, because I, I was still a kid when it came out and you know, M-rated yeah. game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we were the children the <laughs> time. One of those
0: games you kind of have to like go over to a friend's house. Yep,
1: that one cool (laughs) friend that had all the games. You're like, wow,
0: this is so cool. But yeah, that's. I remember the first time I played Halo, my imagination just went wild. And I'd run around the neighborhood. And (laughs) embarrassingly, I always thought the Master Chief, I thought his name was Halo. So I would just (laughs) run around like, I'm Halo. (laughs) 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 <laughs> that's awesome yeah but i it's a series I love and that's where it definitely started and despite how old the game is I still think it holds up and
1: it's a good one <laughs> yeah it definitely has like gone throughout the years you've got to experience it grow throughout those years and just from the start of it like I again like I got a little bit of two in there I had that neighbor that had it mm-hmm. and then I got into three with a friend from school who we'd go over to his house and we'd go to Forge Maps, and we'd go and just create a bunch of random stuff and mess with each other and play (laughs) those fun game modes that people had created. I think
0: it was always fun. When, like, the original Halo games were coming out, that was, like, the era of, like, split-screen multiplayer when it was still popular. And it's kind of sad to see it not really be a thing nowadays, but I do look back on it fondly for that aspect. You know, it's gaming with friends before gaming with friends online became the norm.
1: So for my 2002, there are two games that came out. I definitely did not play them in 2002. But I played them a lot when I finally got them. And that was Star Fox Adventures. That one we might have had as, as 2002. It was my brother had the GameCube. I got to play it a lot. Um, and Star Fox Adventures was one of my like go-to games I played with him. This was like my like start of a lot of games for me. This game had a lot of, like, um, button-mashing, campaign. It had dialogue that I've always remembered for some random reason.
0: Is that like the original Star Fox, where all the memes come from? Like, do a barrel roll.
1: Um, I don't think so. This one was, um, it was like a mix of both. Where you have the basic Star Fox, where he flies through his ship. Mm -hmm. This one you had flying in space and like you were on a planet you had a you find this staff and it's kind of got power to it it can shoot laser beams and stuff out of it and the planet is dinosaur planet it's like falling apart too and you're trying to save this planet
0: dinosaur planet very 2000s yeah dinosaur (laughs) planet (laughs) And uh, what other game did you have for two thousand two?
1: My other two thousand two, this one I definitely played a lot later, but it was Metroid Prime. Ah, okay. That game was a lot of fun. It actually, as a kid, kind of scared me at times, like the dark <laughs> rooms, having to like fight all the aliens in the dark, and they'd come out of nowhere. But yeah. I loved playing it. It was so much fun. If they made a, like a remaster for this on Nintendo, I'd be, I'd be like <laughs> buy that. Like that'd be so much fun.
0: I was never a big Nintendo kid. Like, I played Kirby mm-hmm. on the Game Boy Advance, but, like, I never played Zelda, never played Metroid. Um, I played Pokemon, I guess.
1: Played them Pokemons. Yeah. See, I, I played, like, my defral, uh, definitely, like, first intro to gaming would definitely be, like, Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance. Yeah. Um, Pokemon games. We didn't have anything else on our Game Boys, just Pokemon. And, um... The other thing we did was, um, then we went to GameCube, we didn't have a Nintendo. We did have like the little Joy-Cons, mm-hmm. the, uh, like you literally just plug them into the TV and they have set games oh, into yeah. them. Good times. Fun <laughs> times,
0: you know, fun times. Yeah, looking at uh, the next year here, 2003, I have Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. Is this one you played at all, or are you familiar with it?
1: I'm familiar with it. Like, I've had a lot of friends that have played it. I never played those, though.
0: Yeah, it's... Like, I don't know if you know Mass Effect, but it's the same people that did that game just way before. But it's Star Wars as a role-playing game, but, like, single-player. And I just really like this game. Um, I've,
1: I've heard they are really good. Um, I wish I would have played them at their time. Yeah. But... I unfortunately did not have that opportunity.
0: This is one of those games for me that kind of hits that nostalgia factor where you look back at just certain levels or certain planets you get to be on in the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just always a really fun one. Plus, uh, the story was just really good. I think this was the one with Darth Revan, but maybe. Mm -hmm. It's a good one. I think they're remaking it too, apparently.
1: I have heard, yeah, they've got like a remake in the works for it.
0: And then the next year we have an entry for, for me, is 2004 with Halo 2. Pretty much just the same spiel as Halo 1. You know, it's a fun game. Halo's a classic. Halo 2 kind of stepped things up, and I think Halo 2 is regarded as, for a lot of people, probably the favorite of the original trilogy on those older consoles. Just really fun multiplayer, a good campaign, not much else to say. It's a good time. It
1: was a good time, (laughs) from what I can remember of it.
0: And then uh, 2005, another one of my favorite Star Wars games. I love that Star Wars had so many releases in the early years when it was so popular. But uh, Star Wars Republic Commando, which is kind of just like Halo, but with a Star Wars skin. Hmm. But I really like this one as well. (laughs) Delta Squad is my favorite,
1: like, squad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Delta Squad? I mean, I know another Delta Squad that was my favorite. We'll get to that later. That comes over in the <laughs> pre-2010s.
0: And then also for 2005, I have Resident Evil 4, which just a classic Resident Evil. Looking at it today, I don't think it's one that's aged as well. It has a lot of those gaming mechanics that people don't really like, like the escort missions. Uh, whatever the girl's name in the game that you have to protect, she's super annoying. And she'll scream like all the time if she's under attack. But, thankfully, this one's getting a remake. Kind of the same treatment as uh, Resident Evil 2 and 3, so I'm hoping it'll...
1: I'm so hoping for some good stuff from that release. Right. <laughs> it looks good. Because like, I've always wanted to play 4. I've heard 4 was one of the best ones, mm-hmm. and I've always wanted to play it. But, I know that the camera angling yeah. is super annoying.
0: Yeah, that's one thing I'm excited to get the new gameplay for cuz like in this game the way it works is you can look around and move freely in third person, but as soon as as soon as you aim your gun, you're stuck in place like you can't walk. And so that part's definitely more clunky as a gameplay mechanic, but at the time it made the game a lot more stressful because as enemies are coming to you, like you can't move while you're aiming at them and it just makes it a little more tense. I don't know, I'm shooting at a bunch of creepy-ass zombies (laughs) and stuff. I'm already tense. Yeah, I just remember very early, like, the first part of the game when you walk into the village and you have all the, like, lost Plague-ass people and then the dude with the chainsaw shows up and you have to fend him off until the church bell rings.
1: Yeah.
0: Just tense gameplay for a young person who could hardly handle it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's um, so many of these like older games I wish I would have been a part of, Yeah, but <laughs> I didn't get into ga- too much gaming until way later. Yeah,
0: pretty much everything on my pre-2000s list, I probably did not play the year it came out. Yeah. They're just games I did play eventually, and I look back as being very good releases for that year.
1: Uh, what about 2006? You have one for that year? So for 2006, I had a couple games. 2006 was actually Zelda Twilight Princess had come out. That's where I was. I, I, my brother got that when it came out, and we both played it. We really liked that game. That was definitely like, considering like my game of the year. However, there was actually another game that had also come out that I didn't get to play until like way later. But it was the first Gears of War.
0: Okay.
1: And that is actually where my comment comes in. That I know another Delta Squad. Gears of War, your squad (laughs) is Delta Squad. Delta squads just know what they. Know Republic
0: what, commando Delta squad better.
1: <laughs> I don't know Marcus Phoenix. We got the Coltrane. It's just a bunch of
0: beefy bros running around. <laughs> beefy bros. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't play a lot of Gears of War. I did play Gears of War Five. Ugh. Yeah.
1: It only <laughs> counts if you play the first three games, because that's where an actual story is.
0: I think I tried to play, like, the remaster of the first Gears of War, but I just couldn't get into it.
1: Understandable. It was definitely, like, I'm surprised how much I enjoyed it so much back then. It, I just played the first one. I didn't get to play it till like, after a year or two of owning an Xbox. So I definitely did not play this in 2006. Right. But I really enjoyed it. I loved the story. I re- I was, like one of my comments is like this one got me into like liking story games Mm. a lot
0: yeah i know that's one that people look at as being kind of one of the like pillars of xbox alongside halo and just classic gaming franchises in general like Mm -hmm. mass effect i know they're all kind of roped into that category as being pretty nostalgic for people Mm -hmm. i agree And yeah, Zelda, again, I just never played. I'm probably one of those dudes that would offend people and be like, Oh, Zelda, is that the main character (laughs) with the green hat? (laughs) Totally. That's totally who that is. (laughs) Link is the horse. Oh, that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, eh, just never played it. (laughs) It's all good. Uh, 2007, pretty big release for a lot of people with Bioshock. Woo! This game kind of blew up for a lot of people it's I know it's one that a lot of people look at very fondly and I again probably didn't play it in two thousand seven, but when I did play it, the idea of just going underwater and like through this dilapidated city where everyone's psychologically kind of
1: they' messed up in that yeah. Hell, you know? <laughs>
0: Like, it's not a horror game. I wouldn't define it as being strictly a horror game. I definitely wouldn't,
1: but surprisingly, in the definition of, like, looking up horror games, it comes up in there. Yeah. It's been classified in that area. It is scary. (laughs) Because it does have, like, a gruesome thing, as we talked about in that last episode. The multiple options of fear are, like, the shock, Mm. disgust, and then just fear. Yeah. I feel like this game threw a lot of like that disgust in there, because right. it is a pretty gruesome game at times.
0: Yeah, and graphically, even for 2007, it still looks pretty good. Not as good as games today look, obviously, but it still holds up. Uh, we've had, they had like the Bioshock collection that came out and kind of upped the graphics for it and the other games in the series. And it's one that I look back on just really fondly. I love the gameplay. Uh, Plasmids—is that what they're called? Yeah,
1: we got plasmids. You've got your tonics. I love that they just built this whole world there, and it's like it's kind of interesting that it's like it's almost like a theme park, mm-hmm. a place to live and explore.
0: Yeah, so you had this guy named Andrew Ryan who was kind of just against like the political norms of the world,
1: political society. He this was like. Wasn't this, what, during 1963 or 62? Something.
0: <laughs> but yeah, he decides, you know, F these guys and their ideals. I'm going to build my own society. And he builds the city underwater. And you don't get to experience it like while it's thriving, but it's implied that the society actually did good. But because of the like tonics and plasmids they were using, people eventually went crazy.
1: It, it was that people went crazy, but it was also that, like people got greedy people were conniving against the city like they wanted power like andrew ryan had this power over the city Mm -hmm. and people wanted that power they wanted him gone people tried to target him and it became the city that like he didn't even want anymore because again he left society and its political issues and yet they followed him down there
0: yeah Also, just one of the best reveals and plot twists in a game to date, I think. Um, The game's been out for forever, but... Um, Spoiler! (laughs) So, yeah, you have this guy throughout the game that goes by Atlas, who's kind of guiding you along, telling you where to go. But one thing you don't really pick up on in your first playthrough is that every time he tells you to do something, he uses the phrase, would you kindly? You know, like, would you kindly grab that wrench? Would you kindly open this door? And towards the end, when he's referring to Andrew Ryan, he's like, would you kindly go kill Andrew Ryan? And then it's revealed that the phrase itself is actually used as kind of mind control to our main character. So you're without even knowing it throughout the game, you're just following orders which are perceived to us as the player as just the game's objectives. And I thought that was a really cool twist to kind of move that story into its conclusion. The final boss fight I still think sucks, but
1: I mean, yeah, he's just (laughs) overpowered and whatnot, screaming at you. Yeah, it's a good game though. I think it's one a lot of people have a
0: lot of nostalgia
1: for. I loved it. Yeah, it was one of my favorite games. Like that's kind of one of my things that have like brought me into these kinds of games is having superpowers or some Mm. kind of power and options of going. Like you have a ton of like small things you can go do. You can explore that, like this sunken city almost. Right. And. Is so much fun. I loved
0: that game. Also, the big daddies.
1: Big daddies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, just a, an enemy you run into off and on. They're like these huge. They're wearing like scuba diving gear, yeah, sort of. It's, but a, it's, it's a
1: scuba gear, basically. They've it's got a like dive a. Dive suit is yeah, what they're basically called.
0: Dive suit. They've got a drill for an arm and they're very menacing.
1: <laughs> yeah they're meant to be like the uh they're meant in two mo- like two ways there's people that act. there's big daddies that fix the city they go out into the mass ocean and they will like fix windows like you see them doing work but mm. then there's the characters the little sisters i for the longest time would never kill a little sister yeah. It was one of those things, it's like, no, I feel so morally wrong. To right.
0: <laughs> yeah, the game had a moral system where you could either spare the little sister, and then you would get a gift from one of the girls within of Rapture. Every
1: three you saved, they would bring you a gift. And it would it would kind of almost even out your right. options.
0: Or you could just kill the little sister and get more of the uh, resource. Adam. Yeah, to kind of power up. So, that was cool. You know, moral systems are always fun. And as simple as a one as it is, it tied into the story pretty well. They did really well. I really liked it. So, yeah. It's a great game. If you haven't played it, what's wrong with you?
1: Right. (laughs) Give it a try. I recommend it. Because hopefully 4 will come out someday. Oh, yeah. I hope. (laughs) And we still are getting a series, too, I believe. Oh,
0: like a TV?
1: Yeah. I think Netflix was doing something or some company was doing something. That'd be cool. Yeah.
0: Uh, 2008, I have Dead Space, one that we talked about in our previous episode.
1: Unfortunately, if you remember our previous episode, I did not play Dead Space <laughs> until recently.
0: Yeah, Jeremiah sucks, no surprise.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> However, for my 2008, it's Gears of War 2. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Beefy bros. <laughs> Beefy bros.
1: Hey, you know what? We had to crawl through a giant worm and chainsaw our way out. Got my chainsaw. Good. <laughs> it was pretty graphic. It was pretty awesome. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, that's all the ones I have for pre-2010. Did you have one for 2009?
1: or I did. I have my my last two is um the honorable mention for it was Halo 3's ODST. Oh yeah. I actually really liked it. Like a lot of people at the time did not like ODST. One, you're not playing Master Chief. Mm. It's completely side-storied. I loved it. I loved the like story how you you're playing this like quiet character walking around at night and you'll find reminiscence of your team's supplies and mm. then you play their story.
0: This uh ODST came out before Halo Wars, did it?
1: Yes, yeah. I believe okay. so.
0: Yeah, it was kind of the first time Halo just did something different. Mm-hmm. And I think, despite people not liking it at the time, I think it's one a lot of people look back on pretty fondly.
1: Yeah,
0: um, I remember quite enjoying it. Yeah, I loved, I the loved it
1: because then, like, not only did it add to your game, but then it comes with three, and it added even like new multiplayer maps, which right. is really cool.
0: I always enjoyed the aesthetic of, like, the city at nighttime while you're investigating right. what happened to your teammates. But also the flashbacks where you play as your teammates to f- flesh out what happened to them after you guys crash-landed into New Mombasa. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that's one I really enjoyed. i It yeah. probably really. should be on my honorable
1: mentions, but I kind of forgot about it. <laughs> and then, so that's kind of, like, my one of my top games I had played at the time. Um, the other one that I really liked was Prototype.
0: Oh, okay. I never played it. But
1: Prototype, it's hack and slash, basically. You're a monster. You're a human infected with a virus. Very similar to, like, your Resident Evil style. Um, he is, theoretically, he should not be able to be killed. He can regenerate his entire body. And his body can, like, shapeshift into whatever he needs to, weapon-wise. Um, he can grow armor over his body, so he can be... Uh, like, have damage resistance. Yeah. And it, it kind of felt like a old Incredible Hulk game. But you're just another, a regular man infected with a different virus.
0: Yeah, it's one of those games that just lets you be overpowered, right?
1: Pretty much. Like, you've got a health bar. <clears throat> you've got the military trying to come after you. There's other infected monsters out there that are trying to attack you. But it's just an all-around fun game. And it also had a really fun story.
0: Okay, so I've, in the discussion of overpowered characters in gaming, I have missed a game that would have been... I was wondering why that one was yeah. out <laughs> Completely forgot about this one, but back in 2008, um, Star Wars The Force Unleashed, that's a game I am quite fond of. Please, for the love of God, Disney, make Starkiller a canon character.
1: <laughs> I, I agree. Even though I have never played this game, I agree that this needs to, like be a character and do something with him
0: yeah i just think the idea of darth vader having like a secret apprentice that he sent to hunt jedis is really cool i
1: i also just really love the meme from that game is you said you would stay away and it just cuts (laughs) to vader going (laughs) i (laughs) lied there's Uh, so many memes with it it's great
0: (laughs) yeah yeah, i'm kind of surprised i forgot about that one but it's a good one another game that just lets you be ridiculously strong I remember the very first level where you play as Darth Vader on Kashyyyk and you're just walking your way towards finding the child and you're throwing all these Wookiees off the bridge with your Force powers. It was ridiculous and I loved it. That
1: sounds really fun. (laughs) Uh, Again, another game I wish I would have actually played growing up.
0: But I think that wraps it up for our pre-2010 games. So let's jump into the year 2010, which had four games that I really liked. So, for 2010, what did you have as your game of the year? Bioshock 2. Bioshock 2. That's, like, the one that I like, but... It,
1: it was by far my favorite, because I feel like the, the story was still great for me. I love The story had its ups and downs. It wasn't as great as 1. Yeah. But I loved the idea of playing a big daddy. Then... Um, Not only was it that, but then they kind of did some updates to the first game that I liked that they did in the second game. One was you didn't have to swap back and forth to weapon or plasmid. Mm -hmm. You always had weapon and and plasmid out, and it was just something very more fluid. They added a few different uh, touch-ups here and there.
0: Yeah, I wasn't as big of a fan, but for me, I think it's hard to kind of redo that initial like wow factor of Bioshock where you're first thrown into the underwater city. Right. I do appreciate Bioshock 2, but it is probably my least favorite of the three games.
1: I liked it for other reasons, for the fact that they also showed more of the city when it was like thriving. Yeah. They showed it a couple times, they showed like how the world, how it was down there. When mm-hmm. it was thriving. And you even had little flashbacks. You got to play as a little sister. As a small segment. It was right. just a small gathering story segment. But it was still really cool. I thought they had added so much to it. And like adjusted like your powers. The plasmids. Mm-hmm. In a really good way.
0: Yeah. I still like it. Just not as strong
1: for mm-hmm. me. <laughs> I see. But what was your game of the year
0: 2010? So... I'm a big sucker for this franchise now, but it's Metro 2033. Um, it's made by a Russian developer. It's, you know, it's a pretty successful game, but probably lesser known. But it's just, I love its post-apocalyptic setting. Like, for those who don't know, Metro, after what is perceived as being World War Three, essentially, a lot of... People like within Russia had to move to living within their metro tunnels underground, and the radiation above ground resulted in these creatures kind of roaming around. And the game just deals with you kind of making your way through the metro tunnels to accomplish your goal in that first game, while dealing with the Dark Ones, which is like the supernatural entity in the game, as well as the creatures in the game. I just love it. It's actually pretty similar to Bioshock, gameplay-wise. Um, not so much with the powers, but you get these like really cool steampunk like handcrafted guns, and it's just really fun. I like this game a lot.
1: <laughs> uh, it's one of the like it is one game I've always wanted to try and play. Like I've even bought the um, collection pack where it has one and two. Yeah, and then I got the new one. I just need to play it someday. Honestly,
0: they're really good. And um, it, it's even pretty realistic to the sense like when you go above ground, you have to have the face mask and you have to find air filters to have an oxygen supply. Like you can run out of air up there yeah. and you can also get cracks in your mask as you do combat. Like if you get hit by enemies, you can get a leak and you'll lose air faster. And if it breaks too much, you have to find a new mask to replace the one you're wearing. So those factors for me just made it a very immersive experience. And Credit even to the developer because I think it's one that they kind of got in trouble for making within Russia because it kind of shows parts of Russia in a bad light. Ooh. So, yeah, I think they were even kind of anonymous with the game, like in Russia, to the point where I don't know if they even knew they were making it over there. <laughs> but, yeah, really good one.
1: Yeah, I've always been really interested in it. I just need to put some time into it, you know? Yeah.
0: And then uh, some honorable mentions I won't really dive into with 2010, but for me, I had Halo Reach, just another really good Halo game.
1: Yeah, that one was fantastic story-wise. Yeah, that's
0: Noble Team is one of my favorite teams within gaming, alongside Delta Squad from Republic Commando, not Gears (laughs) of (laughs) War. And then um, Red Dead Redemption as well. Just, uh, what's the, Rock, not Rocksteady, Rockstar you know the guys behind grand theft auto they're like let's make a cowboy game and it was awesome
1: (laughs) yeah they turned it into something great
0: and then one that i'm a fan of just uh transformers war for cybertron uh very much in my 20 like 2007 to 2010 i was a big fan of transformers and this game was great
1: I only ever got to play, like, the movie-based Transformer games, where it's literally based on, like, the Shia LaBeouf movies and everything, which, they were okay, you know, you got to transform, it was (laughs) casual fun.
0: Yeah, They're not as good, like, War for Cybertron and Fall of Cybertron were two really good ones, and you just get to play on Cybertron, where Transformers are way cooler, when they're not running around with Shia LaBeouf.
1: (laughs) I agree, the games were... Not the best. <laughs> Looking back on them, I do not appreciate them.
0: Yeah. Uh, did you have any other honorable mentions?
1: Darksiders. This game is uh, kind of like... It, it's the Bible apocalypse occurs, and you have the four horsemen. You have heaven and versus hell, um, and your main character is war. And you, the horsemen, fall to earth, and you're there, you're you're expecting, like, your brothers to come, that you were called and summoned, that the seals had been broken. And you get there, find out they weren't broken. I I just, he just kind of destroyed the world because he was miscalled. And it turns out, like, into this, like, deep story that, like, the council that oversees the horsemen, they have to reprimand him, they have to say, like, you have broken the law and you have doomed the world. And you try to clear your name by going back. And it's been like 100 years since you've left Earth. And now it's kind of all destroyed. There's demons running all over the place. Super fun game.
0: Yeah, I think I tried playing Darksiders 3, but I never That really... is
1: a not super good game. <laughs> Only 1 and 2 were really good. 3 was such a downgrade from 2.
0: Yeah, I never really played them, but I've heard of it.
1: I recommend one and two. That's what, <laughs> that's it. They are just basic uh, slashers. Um, it's literally spamming X or Y, basically. Yeah. Okay. Square. Square triangle. Because you're just like, you get some cool, you get a really big sword for the first one, and it's just damage the health until the enemy dies, or you can execute them. Gotcha. but it was kind of like the uh the Zelda style playthrough you have like a main character you go to a specific dungeon and you have to puzzle your way through it fighting enemies or solving a broom and you get a final boss at the end and sometimes during this dungeon you'll get a new item you know it's kind of <laughs> cool so it's kind of our 2010s right so yeah on to 2011.
0: So 2011, um, again, a game we kind of already talked about a little bit, but for me, Dead Space 2, um, definitely my favorite game from 2011, but also one that's probably in my general top five. I just, I love this game. I won't dive in too much because we already sort of talked about it in our uh, spooky games episode, and you still need to play it.
1: I do. (laughs) I'm getting to it, okay? (laughs) Okay.
0: But what did you have for 2011? So
1: I had your honorable mention, (laughs) um, which is by far, in my opinion, I don't think it's going to, like, there's no way Dead Space is beating this game, is Skyrim. Elder Scrolls, (laughs) Skyrim, for me, was, like, my very first RPG. Yeah. Like, large game that had so much to do. Right. See, I know it's a
0: hard argument to make and I love Skyrim, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like I like many others at our time had played that game for hundreds of hours, but Dead Space 2 for me just hits the itches that I would rather scratch, I guess. But I do love Skyrim. It's good. I'm Skyrim, not Skyrim
1: <laughs> like and this actually, I actually have two honorable mentions here that like beat by our beat by Skyrim because Skyrim to me Was what really got me into so much more than gaming. Mm. Like it became a part of my life to like look into games. I loved Skyrim so much because I was looking up the game. Like I was like, okay, what can I do next? Yeah. And I put so many hours into this game. It was such a
0: good time, because I remember just everyone was talking about it. He was like, oh, I did this dungeon over the weekend, you know, talking with your friends at school, and they're like, oh, did you see this, or go do this quest? Yeah, it was a really good time.
1: (laughs) My two honorable mentions for 2011 were Gears of War 3, which, (laughs) again, that one was the best conclusion to a trilogy, in my opinion. It's, you have loss, and a victory still. It's up and down emotion. Yes, it is bullet bullet crazed because you are literally dumping thousands of bullets into a thousand enemies. Beefy
0: bros three. Three times the beef. Three times the beef. They
1: have the beef,
0: okay? <laughs> ba like the Arby's commercial <laughs>
1: but i really enjoyed the game i was super happy when it came out i actually um and then it had a super great multiplayer in three where i had like a ton of friends starting out in xbox live we actually did like competition on it and we won a few competitions on that multiplayer game mode mm. so much fun like that's where got into even into more multiplayer aspects my other game is crisis 2 Mm. Um, I did never, I never touched Crisis 1 until, like, way later, because Crisis 1 literally has nothing to do with 2 or 3. Oh, yeah. Um, made no sense. It just ends.
0: That's another franchise I've always wanted to play, but never got around to it.
1: It's just a really good shooter. Um, I love the suit. It's like, if I could ever have something from a video game, I would totally want the suit. Yeah. Because you're super strong, you can cloak yourself, and then, um make yourself incredibly, like, impenetrable to where someone's shooting, like, a, a helicopter-sized minigun at you. The bullet's just gonna tick off, you know? It's really <laughs> fun. Yeah,
0: it's one I need to play.
1: Good story. but On let's... to 2012.
0: Yes, so 2012, Uh, my game of the year is Far Cry 3. Um, I had never played the first Far Cry or Far Cry 2, but Far Cry 3 was the first time I got kind of that really fun sandbox experience. <laughs> I kind of contributed to being like Skyrim with guns, I guess, even though for a lot of people that's Fallout, but I was
1: never a big Fallout <laughs> fan. Yeah, I couldn't get into Fallout. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah, but... I liked 3, but again, Skyrim was my, like, go-to RPG Mm -hmm. But then I couldn't do as much as I did in Fallout. Plus, I never owned it. I always had to borrow it from somebody. Right.
0: (laughs) But yeah, Far Cry 3 just a really fun one. You basically play as like an average young adult or whoever with Jason Brody. And you and your brother and buddies go to this island for a vacation. But it's not too long before something goes wrong. And then you guys are taken prisoner by this like maniac on the island Voss who is still to this day one of my favorite uh, villains within a video game but it's just so good the game lets you have all the fun you want whether it's like you're hunting for sharks if you want out on an island Mm -hmm. you can be four-wheeling or paragliding you know it's just
1: I've heard it was a really good game like I even remember my brother playing that one and really liking it
0: it's a really fun one It's. Gives you all the guns you want. You could run around with a bow and arrow, or you could have a sniper or LMG. It's just a great time. It's fun. Did you never play it then? I or? did
1: not get into Far Cry as much. Um, I have tried playing it a few times here and there, and I've just never been like into it as much. A game like that kind of reminds me of like Dead Island yeah. a little bit with a lot more you can do. But those games, to me, are only fun co op. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could see that. It's one of the reasons I like Just Cause. I could never get into those because it's only solo. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, this is boring. (laughs) If I had a friend here and if I could like grapple somebody and then grapple a car and mess with my friends, that sounds awesome.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think Far Cry 3 was co-op, but they did do it later on with uh, Far Cry 4. Yep. But yeah, um what was your pick
1: for My 2012? pick for twenty twelve is Dishonored. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Dishonored, fantastic <laughs> game again. Like I uh, it's again, this one's surprising because it is just solo, but I loved all of the story for it. Um the campaign was great. I love games that give you like multiple options to go in super stealthy. You can literally go through this entire game without killing anybody in it. But who wants to do that? (laughs) Of course. So that's why you do high chaos, low awareness, where you could be a literal ghost, never be seen but kill every single person in <laughs> the game.
0: Yeah, that one was a lot of fun. I just love how it gives you this environment and says, you handle this however you want to handle this.
1: Yeah, and I love the professionals that play it. I love watching them. Like, all of their like timing of everything is super mm-hmm. cool. Um, this also kind of made me feel like a Bioshock character. You've got, yeah. like, your powers that you're unlocking as you play, and it helps you further along in the missions.
0: Right. Yeah, that is one that I was a pretty big fan of, but another game I kind of forgot when making this list. I wouldn't put it above Far Cry 3, but it probably would be an honorable mention.
1: Yeah, it's a really good game. I loved
0: it. For 2012, my honorable mentions, uh, one of them, yet another Halo game, but Halo 4. I know people aren't as big on this one. Um, it was the first time Halo was handed over to a different studio, but... I was really excited for Halo 4, and it's one that I really enjoyed. I played a lot of the multiplayer, and I thought it was fun.
1: I enjoyed a lot with Halo 4. I also liked that they added the sprint button. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, soldier, you know, trained. Super armor, strong, everything, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, no. I you... should be able to run. <laughs> you can't run. Sorry about that, sir. <laughs> I should be able to run. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, also, Black Ops 2. Probably the only Call of Duty game that'll be on this list, and that's purely just because it's the one I had the most fun playing with friends, I guess.
1: I did have a lot with Black Ops 2. However, I did not put it on my list. Yeah. Because it's Call of Duty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you Call of <a> Duty hater. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It doesn't belong in my uh my year game of the year. Oh
0: no, I would never put a Call of Duty in my game of the year. Kind of like how I would never put a Marvel movie in like my top 5 movies of the year. Yeah.
1: But
0: it's a fun one. It's yeah. just one I look back on fondly. It's also the first one where I really got into zombies. I did play Black Ops One zombies, but Black Ops Two had Mob of the Dead, which is my favorite map of all time. Super fun!
1: Yeah, <laughs> I really enjoyed Black Ops. So that's actually what got me into zombies. Yeah, is because I couldn't play it at first. I was like, I was actually pretty scared of zombies as a kid, and so I couldn't play it. But I had a friend who helped me play and like got me into it and like got me through a lot of the games. I played it so much, I was able to play it by mm-hmm. myself and be <laughs> able to play it more.
0: <laughs> nice. Um, also, Assassin's Creed 3, which I know is the one that everyone says sucks, but I like Edward.
1: I think I, he's cool. I, I like.
0: Oh wait! Oh god, not Edward Connor.
1: Getting <laughs> things wrong there. So I you. know. <laughs> See, here, here's my problem with a lot of the Assassin Three, a lot of the Assassin's Creed games. I never had a problem with the past life character. So that means your pat like you sit in the animus, you go to the past life. Mm-hmm. All of those characters are great. <laughs> I don't give a crap about Desmond's story after yeah. what they did to it in two. <laughs> and I hate that they're like like, if they ever make another Assassin's Creed, get rid of this Animus character. Just put us <laughs> into the past. Start us there, we don't need to go to your present world yeah. where there's a problem that's never gonna see the light of day. <laughs>
0: I don't think anyone really cared about that part. I just love Connor as a character, yeah, like I
1: thought he was great. I loved that like, they added so much to. yeah, him.
0: I don't get the criticism of his character. A lot of people are like he's the most boring <laughs> assassin, but to me, the concept of having a Native American assassin during like the whole uh um, was that? that was Civil War. Or the Revolutionary War. Yeah, that it? one. Yeah, playing as a Native American during the Revolutionary War was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I love, it's like the first Assassin's Creed that implemented parkour through not just buildings,
1: but also... Like through the trees. Yeah, through like the they, trees. They and added more location to it.
0: Also, naval combat was introduced in this Assassin's Creed, which became a fan favorite.
1: Now, the only thing that I'm glad they're hopefully getting rid of is this RPG aspect of Assassin's Creed. I am not a fan of RPG aspect.
0: Yeah, I liked it in Origins. I was like, it was cool to do something different, but then they kept doing it, and the games just got way too long, and there was way too much to do.
1: (laughs) That's not a problem if there's too much to do. My problem is, I am an assassin. (laughs) I am here to kill you in two seconds, not ten minutes where I have to hit you with a sword. 500 times and do a set number of damage (laughs) that's not what i'm here
0: for yeah i agree with you there and thankfully i think with the upcoming assassin's creed games they're moving away from They're going back yeah back to basics back to just being a more narrative driven
1: like i hear we're at like the next game is gonna be like altair's time like the original assassin's creed time period yeah and i'm excited for that i'm hoping we go back to what we're supposed to. Right. And if we can stay away from this real world stuff that we're not in an animus, <laughs> like, did they ever finish the animus stuff? Like I
0: mean, Assassin's Creed 3 wrapped up Desmond's story, at least.
1: Because, like, I've only ever got to really finish 4, and 4 had you playing some random intern <laughs> and walking around slow as can be in a game meant to be fun.
0: I did think it was funny in 4, though, that you played as an intern, like, at a gaming company. Yeah, like,
1: you were there, a gaming company, you had your characters from, like, Desmond's story. I forget their names, but the guy was there who was snarky and comic Yeah, comic relief almost.
0: Just kind of like a fourth wall moment, sort of. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, um, my other honorable mention is Darksiders 2 had come out in 2012. Mm-hmm. My favorite one, by far, out of the two games that I actually care about. <laughs> because, two, you play as Death. And Death's character was awesome. <laughs> so much better. They even This is where they gave an RP, RPG aspect, where you had to f- wear different armor for stats. You grinded levels and had a skill tree. They did great. And I was super bummed when 3 came out and they downgraded so much.
0: Right.
1: Granted, they did release this, like, COVID era. Yeah. And didn't have a lot of money at the time, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I played a little bit of 3, but I stopped shortly into it. (laughs) Yeah. And then my last honorable mention for 2012 is just Forza Horizon. Just a really good racing game. (laughs) Yeah, That's all you got to say about it. <laughs> Any more for you that
1: year? Um, no. I only had those few. I don't okay. have too much.
0: Well then, let's uh, jump into twenty thirteen. Uh, what was your game of the year for this year?
1: For um, that year, <laughs> mine was actually Crisis Three for that year. Um, because I really enjoyed a lot from Crisis Two, and they continue. They actually know how to continue the story into three, and. I loved the gameplay, they added more to the game, you had more suit modifications, the alien race that's there, you start actually developing a kind of DNA and connection to this alien race that's there, and your suit is, you know, your suit's kind of like a living organism, it connects to your body to adjust how you are. And so the alien DNA that was taken into the suit starts to mutate you as well. You're now able to use alien technology. Your understanding of the aliens there is like becoming more clear. And they had a really fun story.
0: Never played Crisis, but I, I thought no. that one looked particularly cool because I remember seeing a screenshot where they had
1: like a compound bow. Yeah, the bow was awesome throughout the game. I loved being... Like, it it has one of my favorite aspects, again, of, like, you can go in stealthy or you can go in guns blazing. Right. And the stealth feature in this game was, like, one of my favorite stealth features. Just cloak yourself and you use a bow.
0: Yeah, for me, in 2013, to continue our... A pattern of Bioshock games appearing in our favorite games list. Uh, Bioshock Infinite. That's my
1: honorable mention because it was tough. Those two (laughs) games, like, they are both great games.
0: Yeah, I just, playing Bioshock 1, you know, you enter a lighthouse, you go underwater to this underwater city, naturally the next thing you might think would be cool, how about a city up in the clouds? And... Uh, try, new uh, Columbia, I think is what they call Columbia. the city in this game, and it was really cool. I remember, like, the first time I played this game, you go through that lighthouse, you're shot up into the city, and I just remember walking through the initial section of streets there. And, like, I didn't give a crap about the object- objective, I was just looking
1: around, and I was like, This is so cool! It was such a beautiful game. And it, like, I actually heard a comment once that it was like talking about how Bioshock, you have this underwater dark atmospheric area Mm -hmm. whereas then this is the light side to this world
0: right yeah not it still
1: has its darkness though
0: yeah like it's not scary at all comparable to the first bioshock but i would still say it's unsettling with some things like there are some
1: there are some uh uh contextual things there
0: yeah (laughs) racists (laughs) (laughs) racism is scary that's what this game says um, I also really love how in this game when you use the plasmids, like the if, when you first when you first it, like, yeah you you have you, like an effect for every your hand, single one. Your hand will just do some really gross stuff, and it looks awesome. Yeah,
1: they had some really good effects for this game, and then yeah. like the story for it.
0: Yeah, like, what this game lacks in its, like, tensity and fear factor, for me, it makes up with the gameplay. Because you have the introduction of, like, the rail systems where you're sliding around, shooting people. The gameplay for this one was just really fun, and I think yeah, it's the like, best you had like, a way
1: fast-paced movement to, like, you'd have, like, an area where you're fighting a bunch of people. And it has the rail system where you can just move around to get to different, like, positions on this map. Mm -hmm. Where you could be up high, and Elizabeth, who can kind of manipulate the reality, can either give you support with Mm -hmm. a turret or a wall, or if you go up high to some higher location, she can just create some sniper rifles for you. Right. And then you can start just picking people off in this, like, secure location.
0: Yeah, and I think this is a game that absolutely nailed the concept of having an NPC companion with Elizabeth. You know, she's not annoying in the slightest compared to, like, Resident Evil 4's NPC companion.
1: And other NPC companions.
0: (laughs) She's incredibly useful, and she's a big part of the story.
1: Stays out of the way and still helps. Yeah, she'll, like, she'll throw some
0: ammo to you when you need it. You know, She gives you, like,
1: health, your tonic if your shield is low. Right. Like, she does so much to help out.
0: Yeah, and surprisingly big part of the story, too. But I just love the story on this one as well. It, It... also tries to pull another pretty big plot twist ending which i think is good but obviously not as like impactful i guess as the first game's you know shock twist but i do still appreciate this game for what it did and its ending and i really hope we get to see more bioshock because this game came out almost 10 years ago it's been a while so hopefully we get some more Um, and then, yeah, so for 2013, my honorable mentions, uh, one pretty big one from that year is The Last of Us. For me at this time, I didn't love it as much as everyone else, but it is a very good zombie game.
1: It was fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, I didn't completely hate it as one of my friends did yeah. for one flaw that I foresaw, which is baseball bats do not break after three hits. Oh yeah. <laughs> which, True. I hate that flaw, but I liked the story, you know. Yeah. It was a good back and forth, good solo See, zombie game.
0: I love the intro to the game. I think if the game had just stuck with like that initial outbreak and kept it going from there for me, I probably would have liked it more. Instead, you get this opening mission with the outbreak and it's one of the coolest like opening missions to a game ever. But then you get a time jump where you're playing years later as the same character. It's still really good. I just would have loved to get more from that initial outbreak.
1: Yeah. I feel like they would have had more to do in that initial outbreak. Like, if they would have had, like, a longer story where it's like, okay, she's gone. You would have had to have had the grief mm-hmm. and, like, try to survive. You have the uh, his brother Tommy who's trying to help him through yeah. it all.
0: It's still really good. Like, I have no real issues with The Last of Us. It's a very good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had Metro Last Light, which I could argue could have been my game of the year for this year. It's really good. It's even better than the first Metro game. It expands a lot on what that game introduced. And you probably haven't played it, so I won't talk about it too much.
1: But Not too much, unfortunately.
0: Fantastic game. Also, Tomb Raider. Was rebooted in 2013, and I really like that
1: one. I played the Uncharted series.
0: Yeah, it's similar to Uncharted, but I personally like Laura Croft more than Nathan Drake.
1: I like Nathan Drake,
0: I bet you do. Gay boy, (laughs) 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 I'm just kidding. I can't say that. That's mean. (laughs) That's okay. I Um, won't cancel you. And then lastly, just Grand Theft Auto V you know, big fun game for that year. For I'm for pretty deathly sick deathly of deathly. how much they're, like, milking it, though.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, it can go away now.
0: Yeah. We're over it. Give us the next one. Yep. It's, it's been almost 10 years. So let's jump up to 2014. Um, another game we've, well, I've already talked about with Alien Isolation. That would be my pick for Game of the Year for that year. If you want to hear me talk about it more, go watch our spooky game episode.
1: <laughs> go but watch the last episode (laughs) it's
0: all i need to say is it's a love letter to fans of the original movie and it's a fantastic adaptation in video game form
1: (laughs) now this game has zero campaign but my year my year for it was timefall uh for 2014 that release that game was one of my favorite multiplayers yeah like my original favorite was definitely like down to like Gears of War 3. I really loved the multiplayer from that. I really enjoyed multiplayer in Black Ops 2. And then I enjoyed a lot of stuff like... I know Crisis 3 had a multiplayer, which was fun to play for a while. But I never had friends that played it, so I was always playing mm-hmm. by myself. But Titanfall was such a blast. Right. I loved the wall running, the grappling hook, all of the like features this game had, and then summoning your titan was so much fun.
0: Yeah, it was a really fun one, multiplayer-wise. I think it's eclipsed by its sequel, but for the time that it came out, it was very different for a multiplayer game, and I do quite like it.
1: I just didn't really have a lot happening in 2014. I tried looking (laughs) up other games that had come out. I didn't play a lot of games that came out, apparently, in 2014. Yeah. I only have
0: two honorable mentions. Like, uh, The Evil Within, kind of the other horror game released at the same time as Alien Isolation, which I didn't play because I was madly in love with
1: Isolation, but I did
0: go to it later on.
1: I remember remember talking with you when you played The Evil Within, more Mm. than I heard from Isolation. Cause I remember you were kind of liking it.
0: Yeah. I when I did get around to playing The Evil Within, I I'm a pretty big fan. Like it's a little rough now. It doesn't look super good. Mm. And I think The Evil Within 2 like vastly improves everything from the game, but okay. I really like what The Evil Within did. It's very much just like Resident Evil kind of in a different fashion, and it's a fun one. It's spooky. It has uh, some bosses in there that are really scary. Scary. <laughs>
1: then you've got your Destiny.
0: Destiny. I don't think this is what I would consider to be a good game. Yeah. Yeah. But I had so many people that I played with, and it's definitely, like, the most time I've put into a multiplayer game with other people to where I look at it fondly enough to mention it here because, you know, doing a raid with your friends was always fun.
1: We didn't get to do that in Destiny 1. Yeah,
0: not you, but I had other cooler friends I played with. Uh-huh, yeah, I'm sure you did. But yeah, it's it's fun. I had some good times with it.
1: They didn't hold you back in the raids? No. <laughs> I would hold them back you just to troll them. them. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. But yeah, let's... Needless uh, to say, he sucks at raiding.
0: No, I don't. <laughs> I'm good. But let's jump up to 2015. I'll let you go first.
1: For my 2015, this was a beautiful game that will forever be in my heart, and it is Bloodborne. Bloodborne is a spectacular game. Don't believe me? Go play it and then watch all the awesome videos on YouTube <laughs> that explain so much beautiful lore that this game has.
0: Yeah, if, if you're a fan of Dark Souls, Bloodborne was the first like non-Dark Souls game to come from the Dark Souls developer. We did touch on it in our Scary Games episode, but it is a very good one.
1: It just has a lot of good stuff to it. And mm-hmm. I love the combat system. I love the DLC they added to it because it just added more you uh, unique weapons. I love the fact that everything just felt so unique. Like I've never thought of a hammer with an oven on the back of it and yeah. using that <laughs> as a weapon. Yeah, that one,
0: like, that's one of the few Souls games that I didn't beat multiple times. I only went through it the one time, but...
1: That's where it's opposite for me. I got it. So, it was kind of like, this was even one of, like, this was the year I got my PS4. And I got this game from Tommy, my brother friend. And he didn't like it as much playing it. I was like, I want to try this. So, I got this game and Dying Light won. That is my honorable mention, which I will get
0: to in a moment. On <laughs> a side note, Tommy never likes anything.
1: <laughs> he has that issue. He gets into some things. Like, he like this was kind of interesting. He didn't like it at first because it was difficult. It was hard. He liked Dark Souls way more, but this one was a little harder. Yeah. I started playing it, and because I got into it, he actually was like, okay, now I need to buy it again. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was the funniest thing, is that I started playing it, and I'm like, dude, you've got to play this with me. This is so much fun. Yeah, And that's what really started like us playing so many games together, was this, we had Destiny Taken King. That also came out this 2015 year.
0: So you were a year late to having fun with Destiny?
1: <laughs> Pretty much. I did not get to be a part of the year one. I had a... I had the like 360 at the time. I downloaded the demo for it. I was ready to play it. I didn't work or like, you know, have money on hand at the time. So, no. I couldn't buy it until after a year later when I finally started working, got a job, got paid and started yeah. buying stuff.
0: I just remember like, I got the game for Christmas, and I spent... Because I was off, or not off, but I didn't have school that week. So I spent that whole week playing Destiny with my friend Bailey. And it's, like, one of my favorite memories in gaming in general. Just... I
1: so wish I could have been there for that year <laughs> one so I could hate Bungie even more for ma- for making more bad decisions Yeah. even back then.
0: Yeah. As much as I nostalgically like destiny at the same time i hate looter shooters pretty much
1: because of destiny yeah um (laughs) i'll get to my like the good looter shooter later yeah but my other top game that year because like bloodborne dying light came out around that same time Mm -hmm. dying light was also a game that was like okay i'm really wanting to get a playstation 4 and play this with tommy yeah this game was so much fun. I had hours on end. I met some really great friends on playing this game, joining a random lobby, and now I'm best friends with this guy who lives across the country. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still friends with him to this day, and yeah. I hang out with him because we met in Dying Light. Nice. <laughs> so they're kind of tight for me.
0: Yeah. Um. I didn't mention my game of the year yet, but I do have Bloodborne on my honorable mentions for that year
1: yeah i saw your list, your list you know and i'm just like bloodborne should be higher well those aren't in any
0: particular order it's just like games should be higher
1: game. than the witcher is yeah. my opinion. no no <laughs> but i'm like Bad okay Jeremiah. i know how he thinks <laughs> and why he likes this game so much so i'll let him keep his space yeah
0: 2015 game of the year uh the the Witcher 3. This game's a masterpiece. I absolutely adore this game.
1: You just liked all the things in it.
0: <laughs> Quality gameplay, <laughs> sir. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, it's super weird because I knew nothing about The Witcher when this game was being promoted. And I just remember I saw the initial trailer for The Witcher 3 and I was like, this looks really cool. It's given me like Skyrim vibes, but like more story driven, I guess. And I just, I kept on following as they put stuff out. And I remember they were releasing promotional content on like locations where the game was inspired from. And I was just getting into it. I started looking up like Witcher lore and learning about the character. And then when I finally came around to playing the game, I just fell in love. I played this game nonstop.
1: (laughs) I, I was not able to do that. Had I started this game the same time as you and same like the release time... I'd probably be right where you are because I can see how big a game this is. And like I said, I put so much time into Skyrim. I would have loved another game like that Yeah, where it's like your set character and you got so much you can do. I just didn't get into it at that time. However, I will get my chance when they start doing these new games they're making of it.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's so good. Like, the story is fantastic. It's an RPG where the side quests are also just as interesting as the main story. Like, you don't get a lot of the just go here, find this quests. You get fleshed out side quests yeah, with their own Dying stories.
1: Light. Dying Light is the go here, do this, get a, get a gun, <laughs> get a blueprint.
0: Yeah. Defend this area.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was fun, because I loved the parkour from Dying Light. That is what made Dying Light great. Yeah. And why Dead Island 2 is never going to sell.
0: <laughs> but also with The Witcher 3, this was the first time, I think, where I really loved a video game's soundtrack to the point of listening to it outside of the game pretty frequently.
1: Really?
0: It's a really good one.
1: That's cool. I
0: know that. <laughs> yeah, the two songs, uh, Silver for Monsters and Steel for Humans. I recommend them if you're curious. and then you've got your two honorable mentions yes so rise of the tomb raider just a follow-up to the 2013 reboot a really good game um i remember just fondly loving the first like 30 minutes of this game because you're whipped around from a few locations and they're all gorgeous i thought this was graphically the most impressive game from that year
1: i got to play that one surprisingly i still enjoyed more uncharted though yeah i i felt like it was still you know uncharted was a little bit older so it had didn't have the best of graphics Mm -hmm. but 4 looks amazing in my opinion and i thought it just played a little better yeah that was me though (laughs) you know i prefer the uncharted jeremiah
0: doesn't like strong female protagonists that is not true (laughs) (laughs) just kidding buddy but Whenever yeah.
1: I have an option, I might choose the woman character, okay?
0: <laughs> and then, also for 2015, another Souls game was kind of the...
1: The Black Sheep of the family. Yeah,
0: not not so much a remaster, but kind of just a touch-up. And it's a Dark Souls 2, the Scholar of the First Sin edition. Which was just kind of a better-looking Dark Souls 2, but... What's really cool it was
1: still Dark Souls (laughs) too. Yeah, but
0: what's really cool on this one is for those who actually played the initial release, which I did not, but my good friend at the time did, they actually like completely changed where a lot of the enemies come from and where certain enemies were positioned. So you can't go through and get the same experience because they kind of shuffled everything around for this one and i do think dark souls 2 is probably the worst in the franchise but i had a lot of fun with this game
1: i actually no longer think that i used to think that it was but i actually really did enjoy it there was a lot of stuff i enjoyed a lot of the campaign like a lot of like the different worlds to go through yeah i was only like guided through it my my like original time playing it like i was only guided through it by my friend tommy who he actually really enjoys this one yeah. Um, he enjoys all Dark Souls games. One, two, three, Bloodborne. However, the only one he has not played is Sekiro. The best one. It's good. <laughs> I liked it. It's yeah. a game that I would never play without unfortunately using my mods because Boom. I could not I would probably take forever to get through it. Because you are solo and the game is cheap. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Dark Souls 2, I think the reason a lot of people don't like it as much is because while it has, like, the highest volume of bosses for a Souls game, some of the boss quality just isn't very good.
1: They're pretty basic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're pretty cool. I liked a lot of them, especially, like, playing it through my first time. But personally, yeah, I liked that the fact that there were so many to go through. Mm-hmm. I felt like there was, like, a lot of challenges you had to go through. Yeah. And... I liked trying to go for the platinum for it, cause there was a lot of stuff you had to do. You had to go back and forth. You couldn't. If if you kind of messed up, you could kind of go back to getting it fixed. Um, and then another system I liked with it is like every boss level, you can just go to your bonfire, burn some ashes, and restart the level, not the entire game. Yeah, I thought that was cool.
0: Yeah, it's a fun one probably the first souls game i actually completed multiple times with like new game plus mm-hmm. that's the first time i i kind of got interested in souls yeah. Yeah, I didn't play a lot of Dark Souls one because for me like that was my first jump to a more difficult game and I was like nah f this I'm out <laughs> but Dark Souls 2 I came around and then later on went yeah back to it
1: the was first. For me, it was it was bloodborne for me that got me into the Souls games that was my intro yeah and then I backtracked like three came out and then I backtracked I played one when the remaster came out or actually I played it when it originally was out and I was able to play it on PS4. And then the remaster came out, played that, played Scholar of, the, uh, Scholar of the First Sin, and like beat them all. It was super fun playing yeah. those.
0: Yeah, maybe keep your eyes on our releases in the future. Maybe we'll try and do like a Dark Souls retrospective at some point. I like <laughs> this
1: plan. That'd be fun. But yeah, that's all I have for 2015.
0: So what is uh, your pick for Game of the Year for
1: 2016? 2016. Now. This is a game that came out 2016. I did not get to play this game until, like, five years later. (laughs) But it was a great game. I I wish I would have put more time into it, and it is Persona 5. Oh, okay. This was my very first Persona game. Um, I was not a fan at first because I didn't like a lot of, like, how the cameraing worked. Again, I didn't care to read as much at the time Mm. Um, when I was first told to try it out. But uh, my friend Tommy, again, loves this game. Super big fan of the campaign. I did not understand what the game was at first when I played it. I thought it was going to be some annoying turn-based combat. However, I find out it is like my original Pokemon games I used to play. These are the GameCube games. uh, Pokemon Coliseum, Pokemon Shadow XY, something like that. Those games were so much fun. I loved it. You collected your Pokemon. You could go... You would have, like, a story to go through and fight uh, people. And then you're, like, fighting with your Pokemon. In this game, you're just using your personas. And you can even involve yourself in the fight. Mm -hmm. You have, like, your items to boost yourselves, to heal. You have a ton of stuff to do. You have, like, your collectibles. And it was just a really great story getting to know all these characters.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For those that are unfamiliar, this would classify as a JRPG or just Japanese RPG. um, Which traditionally are set up to be turn-based combat with these long stories with a lot of characters. But I just have a really hard time getting into turn-based combat nowadays. I'm I'm sure even if I went back to try and play the Pokemon games I loved as a kid, I probably wouldn't like them as much. Just because I don't like turn-based combat.
1: I've never, like... The only turn based combat I've had is like problems with are like serious action games that just wouldn't make sense.
0: Yeah. I'm
1: trying to like there uh, I'm pretty sure it was one of those Star Wars games has the turn based combat to where you had to like it was like a percentage of your shot or something. Yeah. That might not be the Star Wars game thing. I think I'm thinking of some other game. Yeah. But yeah. I remember there's a game where it's like it's your turn and your attack has a percentage to hit. But it could literally be up to, like, 70% and you'll miss. Right. Like, those <laughs> games make no sense.
0: Yeah. I did play Persona. I never beat it. It's it's a long game. It
1: is a very long <laughs> game. Like, my first playthrough is 100 hours. and Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, the length, though, comes from the story. You're watching a lot more than you're really getting to play. If you're doing a lot of, like, grinding in the game, like, for getting more personas levels items then yeah it'll take a while if you rush through the game on like easy you might get under like 60 hours (laughs) which if you're not getting more than 60 hours in a game are you really enjoying your
0: game that's another thing with jrpgs i just i'm not huge on like the overly long run times a lot of it is text-based. You don't get a lot of the audio for, like, character dialogue. Persona had more than most, at least.
1: Yeah, I feel like it actually had a decent mix. You had moments that you had to read, and then there was actually, like, a lot of the, the main story stuff was always uh, in audio.
0: Yeah. And then, yeah, just turn-based combat, which kind of ties in nicely to my game of the year pick for the year because I had a... Uh, Final Fantasy 15.
1: I was surprised by that.
0: Yeah, which mainly the reason is it's the first Final Fantasy that stepped away from turn based combat and just let you, you know, hack and slash kind of with different abilities and stuff. But I was never a big Final Fantasy fan. I don't know why I wanted to play this game, it just looked interesting. But then playing it and spending like 60 to 70 hours with it with my first playthrough. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. You just got your bros and you're going on a road trip. and you Be- Beefy bros? No, not beefy bros this time. They're Pretty kinda bros? Like, they're kind of like feminine bros. <laughs> Pretty bros? Pretty bros. Pretty bros. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I really like the story. Um, they also had the tie-in movie with it, with uh, Final Fantasy Kingsglaive, which had Aaron Paul, which was cool. But it's a fun one. I I don't really know how to dive into the story because Final Fantasy stories are notoriously complex. But
1: very it, true. Did you ever play then the Seven Remaster? I did. Did you like that one a lot too? I was liking it because it wasn't again turn based. It was yeah. that free roam.
0: Yeah, I don't. It's not my game of the year for the year it came out, but I think it's on my honorable mentions, which we'll get to when we get I'm to. I'm not a year. fan
1: though that it's only a part of the game. Yeah,
0: but yeah, Final Fantasy Fifteen. I like it. If if you like those kind of games, check it out.
1: <laughs> for just a few of the honorable mentions for that year, um, Dark Souls 3 did come out that year.
0: Yeah, and that one would arguably be kind of tied with my pick. I just like Final Fantasy a little bit more, but Dark Souls 3 is still among my, if not my favorite Souls game.
1: See, my thing for it is, like, it would be my first had I not played Persona 5 the year I did, though. I didn't play it the year it came out. Had I had played that sooner, I would have loved it sooner. Mm -hmm. And I would have definitely been like way more into it. I mean, I played it the first game twice, and then I'll get to the other game later that I played, because they came out with a part two to this game that extended the Persona 5. Mm -hmm. And that one was a lot of fun. But yeah. Dark Souls 3 super great game. I love that they went more with like the Bloodborne mechanics, the stamina bar. You're not just constantly holding your shield or blocking. Right. You can kind of evade attacks now and I feel like they did a lot they did a lot with 3. That really changed the way the game acted. Yeah.
0: I think of all the Souls games, this one has my highest number of playthroughs. Yeah. To the point where, like, I still remember how to fight a lot of the bosses and, like, where to go to progress through the levels. It's just a really good one.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was me for Bloodborne. Bloodborne, and again, like I said, I played it. Tommy wanted to play it, so then I played it again with him. I got my other friend to play it. My other friend friend played it. I just kept getting more and more people that wanted to keep playing through it. So Mm -hmm. I kept being asked, like, hey, let's go through this and play. Yeah.
0: Yeah, another uh, honorable mention on my list, just a little one called Firewatch, which I love, just strong single-player games, and this is kind of a walking simulator where you play as a, one of the people that you know sits up in a Firewatch tower and just makes sure nothing goes wrong, but the game kind of dives into a mystery, and you... Very coolly, have like way off in the distance from your fire tower, you see this other tower, and you're communicating over the radio with the girl in that tower. And just throughout the game, you get to know each other just through radio conversation.
1: Was this audio or just reading? Audio. It was all audio, really. Yeah. <clears throat> I've like seen the game, and like I like when you said fire, I was just like, that sounds so familiar. And I never looked it up until just now. Yeah. But I have seen stuff for this. I just never played it.
0: It's a really good one. It's just one of those short and sweet experiences. The mystery is actually compelling and good. And there's even some moments that get a little tense at the end. And I still today want to go back and play it again. I just haven't found the time. But it's a very good one as far as like walking simulators go. It's one of the best, I think. And then also 2016 Titanfall 2. Another honorable mention for yep, me.
1: Got that on there for mine as well. That one had a fantastic campaign.
0: Yeah, it just it gave us everything we loved about Titanfall One and made it better. Gave us the story-based campaign, which was awesome. It's very short and sweet. It's only like four hours long, but it's so good.
1: They did a really good <laughs> job. And then and yeah. the, the multiplayer was still just fantastic. I loved what they added to it with like mm-hmm. the different like style of classes to like. Choosing your power yeah, the and stuff. More
0: Titan variants and.
1: Yes, it was great. Very I loved fun. being a sniper in that game. That's where I learned <laughs> my skills.
0: What skills? My sniper, sniper. skills. Mm. <laughs> uh, any other honorable mentions for you for that year?
1: Um. This is where I kind of would have like added in. This is where I added in Destiny Two or Destiny One. Okay. Um, with the Rise of Iron DLC. Because I guess actually what I should have done is it was the previous year of 2015 that The Taken King had come out. Mm -hmm. That is actually where I had also kind of picked up on Destiny a bit. My friend Tommy and I, that's where we really picked up on it. We played it a ton. We had over a thousand hours into this game. Right. Like, we grinded out a lot. We had fun. It was great. We even had our other friend come to join us. And... Rise of Iron came out, and then we played it even more. And I, I say this would be kind of on my list of, like, um, here is, this is the year, uh, 2016 is when we really played it so much.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Destiny 1 had some really good DLC. Um,
1: it had its backdraws, of course, yeah. because, again, it still did the same thing that no game should ever do, and that is add content, and then say, now that content is useless. Go to get the new content. <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah, it's still fun.
1: That that was all my stuff. So we could go on to twenty seventeen, which you have a lot there. <laughs> so I'll say mine because it's quick and easy. Okay. <laughs> um, so, my my twenty seventeen is Resident Evil Biohazard, Resident Evil Seven.
0: Another one we've kind of talked about. I do like this game, but we've like I've argued with you before. I just. I hate the second half compared to the first half. Like, the first half is so strong. And then the second half, you're just shooting goopy booger monsters all game.
1: <laughs> so, like, like if the second half for you is, like, once he enters the cave, right?
0: Yeah, when he goes to the ship, I think, is where that game fell off for me.
1: I mean, the ship was still decent. Because, I mean, you got to play as Mia. Yeah, You're, you're kind of having to, like, regather... Uh, items to even be able to survive
0: yeah i just i had so much fun like dealing with the baker family that for it to take away these super awesome enemies and then just give us kind of the
1: same horde of similar enemies over and over again i just it was trying to kind of like wrap up but they did expand it a little too far with having to go through all the caves and you're just running through trying to get through them
0: yeah, I still think it's a really good game.
1: Yeah, like I loved it, and then I loved the DLCs for them, too. Mm-hmm. I loved like the mini game modes they had, and the like small DLC story DLCs with right. you're playing Chris or you're playing the uncle, which was hilarious. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I liked the uh, kind of escape room one where you had to deal with Marguerite who kept coming up to like feed you and.
1: Yeah, that one's like super creepy, <laughs> um, and you had to like. That was like a really good experience, right? Um, that you kind of had where you had to like you didn't get like a gun to defend yourself. You literally were just there for a puzzle. Yeah. And all the puzzle was really fun.
0: Yeah, and it was tense, too, because you had uh, if you started hearing her stomping up the stairs to check on you, like, oh, I've got to put everything back in place, or she'll know I got out of bed.
1: Yeah, that was, like, super tense, because then you had to, like, remember what you did sometimes if you, like, yeah. you made a noise.
0: <laughs> yeah, good game. I just wish the second half was as strong as the first half.
1: I still enjoyed it all the way through. I was a big fan of it. I've done, like, tons of playthroughs on this game, mm-hmm. and... I enjoyed it. I think it deserves its spot for me. (laughs) And unfortunately for me, though, this is even my only game for that year. I don't even have an honorable mention. I couldn't find anything that I played that year that I really enjoyed.
0: 2017 was a pretty good year for me, at least. I
1: know, you got a lot there. (laughs) Why don't you talk about some stuff for a bit?
0: So my game of the year for 2017 is called Nier Automata, which is a... I guess a JRPG sort of except the combat is so much better than a typical JRPG but this one I probably have to pull up a plot summary on because it's kind of a weird game. So it says here in the forsaken wasteland below the war between the machines and the androids rages on a war that is soon to unveil the long forgotten truth of this world. It's a game that even though it doesn't feature a single human character, deals a lot with the concept of humanity, where you have these androids which have moved in and taken over the world, and then you have the, uh, or no, sorry, the machines moved in and took over the world, and then you're playing as the androids that are part of what's called like the Yorha force or whatever it's called that are supposed to deal with the machines so that humanity can come back to living on Earth. Um, later on in the game, it's revealed that humanity's gone. Like, you're initially told they're hiding on the moon, you know, trying to play it safe until the machines are gone. But then it's revealed that humanity just isn't a thing anymore, which the mach- the androids were lied to. So their whole objective kind of gets turned upside down.
1: I've always been interested in this game. I've seen it a ton, but I've, ne- I've never really watched like trailer or gameplay yeah. for it.
0: It's one of those games for me that handles both gameplay and story so well. Like, I love the story. You have multiple endings where you'll go back and play. Like, you'll play the same campaign as a different character, getting a different perspective. And then the third playthrough, you play as the protagonist from the first two parts of the game. And it leads to this finale where you're playing. Like, you have a moment where you get to choose whether or not you're playing as the original, like, good guy, android, or you can choose to play as the what's supposed to be the bad android, and you make them fight. So you choose who wins that fight, basically, in the end as one of the ending options. But just absolutely fantastic gameplay. I love the fast-paced action you get here with the various swords and having your little pod android that you can shoot projectiles from projectiles sorry
1: and then the uh, characters you know yeah
0: (laughs) it's a japanese game they're gonna be a little over sexualized but it's so good the story like this is one i will play for the plot (laughs) because it's a good story But also the soundtrack. I think this soundtrack even eclipses The Witcher 3. It's just so good with some of its boss fights.
1: I will definitely need to check this game out. Yeah. (laughs) I have wanted to for a while.
0: And then my honorable mentions, one of them, another walking simulator called Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. This is one where you are kind of whisked over to a Norse environment where you're playing as this girl with a mental ish mental disease i guess i don't remember exactly what she had but it's implied that a lot of the game takes place within her head you know not so much with real life but really good gameplay really cool environments good music good boss fights another one that's just a lot of fun if you're looking for a shorter experience with good combat and story um the evil within two another honorable mention just the evil within one but better I love this game. I even put it above some of the recent Resident Evil games for me. Um, It took kind of like a semi-open world approach, which was really fun, kind of getting the options on where to go for the story, where you want to... what you're interested in seeing first, with some really cool enemy designs.
1: Now I really want to play this
0: game. Um, Another big one for me from 2017 is For Honor. I... This is... (laughs) I know it's comp- it's not a good game, but this game was made for me. Okay, you can choose to play as a Viking, a samurai, or a knight, and you just fight people. And it's super so cool idea. Yeah, if it's
1: only it wasn't solid multiplayer.
0: They, I mean, there's a campaign. It's just not as good as the multiplayer. <laughs> But yeah, this is definitely the multiplayer game I've spent the most time on. I played it pretty consistently, even a couple of years past its initial release, and it's one I've just always had fun with. If there was any multiplayer game that I got like competitive and kind of sweaty with, it was definitely it was this, this game. one.
1: It was this game?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Being Very trained
1: fun. by him was rough, okay? <laughs> yeah. He was abusive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you gotta do it right, Jeremiah. <laughs> We gotta make you the warrior that you are on the inside yes, <laughs> and then lastly just observer one that I kind of mentioned with our scary games episode um, another walking simulator from the Bluebird team that was just very uh cyberpunk and very good story driven but yeah, that's all I've got for 2017 it was a big year, but let's uh jump to 2018, which is arguably another pretty big this year this is
1: my big year. <laughs>
0: Um, our number one pick is kind of uniquely tied here because we both couldn't really decide.
1: I feel like we did a good job finally because <laughs> I, I figured, like, I didn't play it at that time. I'm going to put what I thought at the time was my game of the year. Yeah. So you go first. What was your game of the year? I
0: would label it as being God of War, but, you know, the also Marvel's Spider-Man they're neck and neck. These are two PlayStation exclusives that were just at that time so good. I think a lot of people probably went out of their way to get a PlayStation just to experience just to get these some titles. Of these games, yeah. There was so much hype behind Marvel Spider-Man.
1: There was there was hype for both. I mean, yeah. so many fans of like a, of the new God of War coming out at the time, and the new Spider-Man. Like so many people were hyped and excited to play yeah. this. And I'm
0: just a huge weeb for like Viking stuff, like I said, with For Honor and why I love that game. And to have God of War move over to Norse mythology, where it previously took place with Greek mythology, I thought was really cool. Give me Viking Kratos all day.
1: Right? <laughs> so yeah, like you have God of War. Mine is going to be Spider-Man, like mm-hmm. the Marvel Spider-Man. That game was phenomenal. I love Spider-Man as a character. I love the I loved playing even like the old Spider-Man games. They they did like the old Tobey Maguire movie Spider-Man games, and I loved playing those.
0: Yeah. It's interesting too cuz despite the movies we've gotten, I will probably still personally pick Marvel's Spider-Man game as being the best representation we've had of Peter Parker.
1: I will as Peter Parker. Yes. Otherwise as like Spider-Man in general, I'm still sticking with Spider-Verse.
0: Yeah, I just love this game because you get everything that makes Spider-Man relatable here. Where you play as Peter Parker for a decent amount, but you're playing as Spider-Man who still has to juggle being Peter Peter <laughs> Peter Parker. It's <laughs> Pe-
1: Peter <Peedle> Parker now,
0: <laughs> and they nailed aunt may in this game they did
1: they did a really great job with her character what she does who she is
0: i've never been on the verge of having a tear roll down my cheek more than the ending of this game where aunt may reveals to this peter parker that she knew he was spider-man the whole time Mm -hmm. you know and that was just such a good moment and then she died and it was so sad Way more sad than the dumb Milfant May from the Milfant. Homecoming trilogy. <laughs> so yeah, it, they're both that extremely solid. That was going
1: downhill anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah. Tell you that news later. <laughs> but um, yeah, with this game, they did so well. I loved the world, the gameplay. I loved like the I love the Easter eggs that are in this game. Like we have like the Stanley character there. We have. Yeah. Um, he, you can go visit Uncle Ben's grave right? and actually have like a, a dialogue scene there.
0: And you can even get another dialogue post-credits where if you go back, you'll have Aunt May's grave there with yep. Uncle Ben, which is just touching.
1: Yeah, they did so <laughs> well with this and just all the stuff they added to it.
0: But yeah, excellent gameplay. I love the story. I love that they actually had the Sinister Six. Yeah. Um, that whole scene at Rikers is with just... The- so, yeah, good. where
1: he's on the roof <laughs> and he's like chasing after one of them and they all come together right. up there.
0: And even Dr. Octopus in this game, I would argue, competes with Spider Man 2's depiction of him. Yeah. They flesh out his descent into becoming a villain. And,
1: and it, it's it's this idea that he's like. It's not like he's in control there. Like, he wants this because he is angry with Osborn.
0: Yeah, he's driven by revenge because Oscorp has once again screwed him over.
1: Yeah, like, he is a genius man, and he is trying to do good in a world that keeps giving him evil. Right. He has to decide whether or not to go into that as well, and it's what he goes to. It's how... It's kind of that influence, but not in control of, like his uh arms i
0: guess and another cool moment where in that boss fight you know he's like i know you're peter parker it's not a surprise and i was just like damn (laughs) yeah very good and then just god of War, you know it's excellent story excellent gameplay
1: with me for god of war i didn't get to play that right away Mm -hmm. i was not on the god of war train at the time everybody else was playing and i was like "Eh." I don't care. It's so good. I didn't
0: play the other ones. Neither did I. That's yeah. what's crazy.
1: <laughs> and, you know, at the time, I just wasn't into it. It wasn't until it came out, like, super cheap once that I paid that I bought it, and I played all of it. I planned it my first playthrough. I got really into it. It was a great game. I love yeah. that kind of gameplay, and I love the story and the North mythology. I would sit in the boat and wait for Mamir to finish the story he was telling. Yeah,
0: because it's interesting character dialogue, even that a like unimportant, just yeah, casually I, moving to your next objective.
1: Yeah, like there was so much you could do in there, and I loved it. I and, was so bummed because my uh, data on my PlayStation got erased. Yeah. From a power surge, Oof. and I lost <laughs> my entire completed game. But it gave me an excuse to do it again. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and. While I said, like, The Last of Us 1 has one of the best intros to a game ever, I think this game's initial, like, when you have the stranger show up and confront Kratos. Yeah,
1: you're just like, what's going on kind of thing. Right. Like, you're just kind of thrown into it. And you're like,
0: oh, this guy's harassing my Kratos. He's about to get his ass beat. And then you find out, like, it's another god with Balder. And then you get this really good first boss fight in the game where it's, like, half cinematic, half gameplay. But they tie them so well together that it's just so good.
1: Yeah, they did really well there. I <laughs> loved it.
0: Yeah, and very excited. We're f- at the time that this is being recorded. We're just a few days away from a God of War Ragnarok coming out. I got out. my pre-order. So did I. It's already downloaded. Same here. We're going to review it at some point. <laughs> so probably
1: give us like a couple weeks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> very excited.
1: We only can game on the weekends. Right.
0: And then, as far as honorable mentions go, so I did have Spider-Man. It's, it's kind of tied for yeah, my game like of the, the year. Yeah, it's like our
1: tie for those.
0: But Red Dead Redemption 2 also came out this year.
1: I enjoyed it. It was fun. Like, I did not finish it. It's a long game. it is a very long <laughs> game, and I am not a fan of, like, grinding in some games. Yeah. And this one had that kind of aspect to it.
0: Yeah, I love the story, though. So yeah, it takes place before the first Red Dead Redemption, but you get all these characters, some that you even see later on. It expands on your main character from the first game, but you play as a a new character who's fleshed out. It's really good. Story-driven. Gameplay's a lot of fun. You know, Rockstar knows what they're doing with games like these. I prefer Red Dead over Grand Theft Auto, just because I like that they're more story-driven, but it's very good.
1: My other game for uh, honorable mention is The Forest. Not a AAA game. It's not a huge game. But play- when that came out, I was super excited for it. Mm-hmm. I love survival games that do a good job. And this one definitely surpassed that expectation.
0: It's another one we did talk about with our Spooky Games episode. So mm-hmm. with, with so many popping up on this list, you know, if you didn't listen to that one, go give it a watch. It's a good one, I think, but...
1: It is, yeah, it's pretty good.
0: I also had a Detroit Become Human. If you, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, like, Telltale and the games they did, but they're narrative-driven games that are just based on decision-making. Like, the choices you make impact the direction of the story and what will happen to its characters. And that's very much what Detroit Become Human is. But for me, this game's story is just very good. I don't know, did you play this one, or...?
1: I didn't get to play it. Um, I watched a lot of playthroughs of it. Yeah. So I've seen quite a few things and it's definitely a game that was talked about highly when it was when it had come out.
0: Right. Yeah, it's just it depicts this like futuristic setting where humans are now relying on androids to kind of, you know, do a lot of stuff for them to the point where having a new android is kind of like having the new iPhone. You know, they've got entire shops for you to go and get A certain model where, whether it's like a maid or a worker or whatever, a lot of businesses are ran by androids just to... It's like the future people were always afraid of, where it's like the machines are taking over. And this game is another one that very much focuses on the idea of humanity with things that aren't technically human. Yeah. And it's really good. I liked it. Let's uh, jump on up to 2019 as we near the end of our list here.
1: Getting close.
0: What did you have for your game of the year? So
1: my game of the year is still great game. Borderlands 3.
0: <sighs> I just don't like looter shooters. I tried getting into Borderlands. See,
1: now, I could not play 2. I had tried so many times. <laughs> I still try to this day to play Borderlands 2. And I know it has the best story. And I want to play and experience that story but it's not the same gameplay as 3. And I know people have com- like commented, they've said that like 2 has the best story, 3 has the best gameplay. I agree with those people. Other people have disagreed that 3 is a drop, or there is a downgrade, because 2 was so well done at the time yeah. that it's hard to go into 3. I started with 3, and normally I couldn't play it. I think I tried it once before, and I still didn't like it. But I had a friend who really wanted me to play again. And he got me playing it. And we played it for a little bit. And it was one of those moments where like, I'm just going to keep playing. He got off. I'll keep playing. Hmm. And I, I played the whole thing. I was on it for hours. Yeah. And in my opinion, it has the best RNG system in the game. In any looter shooter right now that I've played. The reason being... Is you have your end game, which normally sets you to do some specific location, or you have to go through this specific amount of stuff and get your loot. This game, Borderlands Three, you have all of the game to explore again. You have your level that you're at, and you can go and actually there are named enemies in the game in your first playthrough of like the campaign that you could go back and fight and now they have a guaranteed drop chance for specific loot. Hmm. That specific loot is what you're going to want to grind for to go into other lo- to go into other stuff. Then they also had amazing DLCs. They had so much you could do in them. That was so much fun. Hmm. I felt like this game had so much to offer. Like Destiny, you have your three characters. You play them all, you gather your loot, and then you're done as soon as you're caught up in level. That's boring. Yeah. This game, you have a catch-up to where you can get to that highest level to where you're doing the most damage, and then you can run through your whole game. You can keep exploring. There's tons of loot. All the DLCs were so much fun to run through, and then that gave you more loot to go after. And I felt like this had a lot of replay as all different characters.
0: Yeah, just for me, like Destiny, and more specifically Destiny 2, I have lost all interest at this point in trying to play looter shooters. And I've tried to get into Borderlands multiple times, and it's just... it's I'll keep
1: trying. I'll
0: it's keep not trying. for me.
1: <laughs> I'll let him give 3 another chance. No, I'm good. <laughs> he bought it, and he still hasn't tried it. I played it. I you didn't, didn't play it with me.
0: <laughs> There's a difference. But yeah, my uh, pick for 2019, and it's arguably maybe my favorite game of all time next to The Witcher 3, is uh, Death Stranding. I know a lot of people don't like this game, but it just makes me like it more. <laughs> it is very much like the penultimate walking simulator.
1: <laughs> Mailman simulator.
0: Yeah, to, uh, to give you guys kind of a plot summary... So Delivery Man Sam Porter must travel across a ravaged wasteland and reconnect the city-states of America formed by a mysterious apocalyptic event dubbed the Death Stranding, which left the world in ruins and plagued by supernatural creatures. Hideo Kojima is wild. Like, if you look at the story for this game, it is all over the place and makes no sense, but I love it.
1: (laughs) See, and those are kind of good things. I feel like if I were to watch somebody, like, do a story review of the game, talk about the story. I would totally watch something like that. Yeah. But to play the walking simulator part just sounds like I'd lose too much interest. See, too quickly.
0: that's what's so weird with this game because I could imagine like watching this game and never having played it. Yeah, it probably looks like the most boring thing on the planet. But when I actually sat down to play it, the gameplay to me was really fun. Like it sets up this loop of progression where you're constantly getting better gear and better traversal tools to make your job easier as a delivery man but at its core while it's a simple like carry this from here to here the story is so intertwined and so good and this game has some really big like voice actors and star power within it like you've got Norman Reedus portraying Sam Porter as your main character Mads Mikkelsen who I love who plays Cliff Unger one of the uh antagonists of the game who also has a moment kind of in the wrap up of the game that's really good and emotional and then you know you've got a dead man who isn't voiced by gilmo del toro but they used his likeness for the character which i thought was cool you've got like tommy earl jenkins being die hard Men. and then my favorite troy baker who plays higgs monaghan the main bad guy of the game who is fantastic <laughs> fantastic And yeah, just the game's cinematics, its cutscenes are top-notch. I've not seen a game that looked this visually impressive, even to this date. I think this is still what I would select as being, like, the best-looking game I've played. And I just love it. I know it's boring to a lot of people, but I feel like if you actually played it, you might like it.
1: (laughs) I did try it. I didn't like it.
0: No, you're you're wrong. (laughs) Twenty nineteen was kind of another big year because like we also had Sekiro, which is Sekiro. another Souls game, but this one decided to. This th-
1: was like another kind of like Bloodborne take. You know, it's yeah. it's um, it added a new feature again. It's adding like not really a health bar, but a a um, a balance bar where you just have to throw the the enemy off balance mm-hmm. and get this bar to reach full. And then you can take them out. And as you progress through the game, you get stronger or you get more skilled at the game to get that bar to hit max.
0: Right. Yeah, it completely changed up the formula for a Souls game where you've got more fast-paced traversal. The combat's entirely different. You don't get a shield at all. It's all katana combat
1: walk or stealth your way around and that was another thing it added was stealth. Yeah. Like movement with the grappling hook and stealth by like getting around the area and Mm -hmm. planning your attacks.
0: Right. Yeah, just another really good entry in the Souls series. Um I know we have Elden Ring which will definitely be on our list somewhere for this year when we make that list. But
1: Yeah, we'll get to that game. We'll get to that. We're hoping for DLC.
0: Yeah. Sakuro for me, is kind of up there with Dark Souls 3. I think those are the two best current entries. Elden Ring probably included, but we'll talk about it. (laughs) Uh, Resident Evil 2's remake. Very good.
1: I liked it. I did. Um, It wasn't, like, high on my list of favorite things. I still really enjoyed it. I did play it. I'm already... I'm replaying it currently. Mm -hmm. And it's still a lot of fun. Um, I didn't have it on my list per se, I think I had a few other games that were just a little bit more fun that I enjoyed. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's one we've talked about, so we won't go too far on it, but another one, just uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. The first kind of reintroduction to a story-based Star Wars game that we've had in a while, and I think it's very good. Good combat. It's kind of Dark Souls ish.
1: Yeah, it's got a dark Dark Souls aspect to it. Yeah, a little more difficult. I love the main, like the characters that they got for it, the actors that they got for the game. Right. Um, that ending was phenomenal. Oh yeah. There yeah, <laughs> that was like true terror of what he can actually do. I've never really gotten to see too much.
0: Yeah, give me more. Give me more examples of Dark. I'm super excited Vader. for two. I'm <laughs> right. hoping
1: to see like what they do with it and where they take the game and the story. I'm just. I'm a, I'm a, I I kind I kind of have this thing with some video games where you're a character you've trained for years. Why am I playing the game now to get all the stuff that he's already should have trained for?
0: Well, because he was in hiding, he had to disconnect himself from the force.
1: See, as long as there's a good explanation, <laughs> that's at least a decent explanation. <laughs> My one like game that I've like commented on is um uh, what is it Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. With Aloy mm-hmm. and meeting. To unlock the skill to balance on a rope and shoot an arrow.
0: When you see her doing it as a kid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a video game. It's gonna have skills that you
1: have to unlock, but we'll make them good skills and I'll call them okay.
0: (laughs) But yeah, just the final thing on this game that I like. Just uh, I love that era of Star Wars, the like post Episode Three, pre Episode Four. Yeah. Um I love the idea of Jedi being hunted down by the inquisitors, which I like
1: the inquisitors just in general. I love the idea of their character, yeah, like their abilities, all the stuff that they do.
0: That's why pure speculation, but if they somehow bring Starkiller in in Fallen order 2, I will be I'll be a happy. You'll, you'll lose it man. I'll just
1: lose
0: be like he'd be the best inquisitor.' <laughs> it would be really, really cool. <laughs> How would we win though? Yeah, uh, you don't need to. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta lose. <laughs>
1: um, my my two like honorable mentions I have was um, a mention of it before was Persona Five. While well, in this year they actually made Persona Five Royal, mm-hmm. which is a continuation to Five, and it expands and updates the original Persona Five. This one adds a whole nother like 50 minutes of campaign to that ending there. Why? It's already too long. It's not too long. It's just a really good story. (laughs) They really get you to like like the characters. Each character you have to like actually level up and get to know and talk to them. And like you get to like become friends with them. And they, they level up as you get to know them. They get new skills that are super helpful. You're like... First friend you make in the game is Ryuji. His skill at level eight allows you to like clear through this game so much faster and so easier that it's awesome to have his skill there. Yeah. Then you've got um, that extra like story at the end. Now you have your original ending that is still there, and you can choose it, or you can choose this extra path where you get to continue that game just a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. and go through more story, and kind of keep going with it. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah, Is it something you're going to probably replay right away afterwards? Maybe not. I actually did, though. <laughs> I um, As soon as I finished my first playthrough of this, I was like, okay, no, I want to do the new Game Plus, which it does have. And there's a lot you can go through to explore again, and... Continue getting stronger and enjoy the story. You can make different choices every time you play.
0: Yeah. And then uh, what was your other honorable My mention? other
1: great honorable mention that is definitely tied for that top spot is Control. Super fantastic game, in my opinion. This actually even continues. It is canon that it continues in another world's uh, video game, Alan Wake, where you are in this kind of darker universe there are mysterious supernatural things in the universe and the, con- the game of control is you play the character jesse who is trying to find what happened to your town and your brother was taken from you mm-hmm. uh, you finally locate this building because of which they kind of use it as like a kind of like a fourth wall that you are the character that's helping her Um, She talks to herself, which is this being that's kind of... Just kind of like a shimmer, but it's us in a way. Okay. And you find this building called the Bureau... Federal Bureau of Investigation. They are known to do all of the... Like, investigating in paranormal and supernatural objects. And there's tons of random things. One of my favorite, like, stories you can read is a stoplight and what it does is it's actually breaking reality where it was hung it was by a schoolyard where if the light was red it would send you back a certain distance if you caught you moving if it was green you could go Hmm. and it was literally just a supernatural affected stoplight that was forced forcing you to play red light green light interesting It had so much fun stuff with it. Yeah,
0: I never, well, I I did play it. I guess I just wasn't super into it. I only played like a couple hours and I kind of lost interest. You should play more. Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) I I volunteer you to play more. (laughs) Yeah, the last two I had for 2019 were just the third entry in the Metro series, Metro Exodus. Same stuff as Metro 1 and 2, just really good. This one was more open world, though, which was kind of cool. And just a continuation of that story.
1: And I still need to play those games. I literally own all of them. <laughs> I just need to play them. They're so good. Play them. I'll get to them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then lastly, just a Days Gone. Just a solid zombie game. Um, you play as a biker. You get to ride your fun motorcycle around and deal with hordes of zombies. And it's a good time.
1: I had a hard time playing it, honestly. Yeah? Uh, like, I don't know why, but I just had that struggle to like get into the game... Again, he's been a survivor for so long. I know his bike is gone, but his bike's (laughs) traction is trashed when he gets, and I can't drive it. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, I love that actor, too. Like, he was in one of my favorite shows growing up, and I want to play the game. I do. I just struggle with skill trees in games that shouldn't have skill trees.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not like the most impressive zombie game you can play. I just think it's one of the more fun ones, because dealing with the actual zombie hordes in this game was really fun.
1: I wish I could have experienced that.
0: (laughs) Maybe someday. But yeah, as we move into uh, 2020 and 2021 here, we're going to keep the description on our honorable mentions a little short, because we're getting pretty long on the runtime here. Mm -hmm. Thank you if you're still with us. (laughs) But... 2020, my game of the year, is The Last of Us Part 2. I'm one of the people that will say this game is definitely better than the first game. I know it has some controversy and people didn't love it as much, but it's a dark story and I loved all the characters involved. I know a lot of people were upset that Joel died, but given the like setting and how dark things can be, I I appreciated the game for being that bold within the first like 20 minutes. But... It's a good game. Shut up. <laughs> no, it's not. It is not. <laughs> what did you have for uh, 2020?
1: Um, I actually didn't really have a game of the year. No. If I had to claim one, um, it could be like a tie between Demon Souls, Hades, or even Miles Morales. Okay. Um, I guess my like quick honorable mentions would be those games there. <laughs> and then I also really didn't start joining Final Fantasy sevens game yeah. when I started playing it. I just really couldn't claim a game of the year because again, so many games were taken like they were taking this dive into controversial topics where it's like no, I just want to play a game. Yeah. I just want to enjoy my fun game, with the story that it should be, not with what somebody thinks it should be.
0: Yeah, I think twenty twenty had some good releases. Like my first honorable mention was Ghost of Tsushima. Did you play that one? Or? I did
1: not get to play okay. that one, unfortunately. Um, I have a
0: sneaking suspicion that would be your game of the year if yeah. you played it. Because it was almost mine. That that game is gorgeous. I love... They do a lot with particle effects with, like, the flowers. And it's, it's in feudal Japan about how, like, the Mongolians took over, you know, Toshima And it's about this samurai basically going against his father and, like, adapting a new way of fighting... By using like dishonorable stealth, if you will. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like an Assassin's Creed game in that sense. But I really like it. And it's very close for my game of the year, but not quite. I definitely
1: have always needed to try it again. It's one of those games. Again, I think I even own it. I just haven't (laughs) started
0: it. Very good. Also, uh, Cyberpunk 2077. (sighs) Only reason it's not higher for me is because it did launch in a very rough state. But like playing it this year... It's a good fun game. I, love... I
1: try. I was actually replaying it and giving it that second chance that it finally deserved. I think. Yeah. And yes, it's playable. I could get past the first mission now. <laughs> and um, my problem with right now is it's so big there's so much to do with yeah. it i just don't have like that kind of time on hand as much as i did at the time yeah
0: i just love the world the driving's a lot of fun the gunplay is fun i love the characters keanu GTA. reeves in the game which is awesome
1: gta's driving is better well it I mean, is there are some games that have rough driving
0: we're life. talking about a studio that went from the witcher 3 all the way up to like a cyberpunk future game. They've never done anything like this, which is probably why the game had such a rough go at the beginning. They should have
1: should have not have promised as much. Yeah, there was a
0: because of The Witcher 3 success. This game had an unbelievable amount of hype behind it, and sadly, it didn't quite pay off because it had a very rough launch. But they're making it better. Yeah, they're getting there. <laughs> Also, like you said, Demon Souls Remake. I had never played Demon's Souls up until this came out.
1: I was excited to play it. That's why I was like, oh, I've never got to play the original one. I heard it's like the hardest one there is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I could not beat New Game Plus on this one. Yeah,
1: no. It is insanely <laughs> difficult on this game.
0: Yeah, it's a really good one.
1: Um, a game, thanks to you, uh, I kind of want to take it from you, is Hades. <laughs> I love me some Hades. It was so much fun. I actually really enjoyed the story. Um, I love some good roguelikes that mm-hmm. can actually keep me going and, like, give me a reason to keep wanting to progress.
0: Yeah, like, on that, paper, you would not think a game where dying and having to restart the whole game would sound fun. But, like... It's a compelling, good, frustrating, fun time.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. I liked it a lot. I loved that you could change your weapon. Um, you got like the four different options or mm-hmm. five. Yeah, um, it's you've got your the sword, shield, bow, spear, and gun and gauntlets. Right. So you had a good amount of weapons there, and all of them could be upgraded. Do I wish I could choose my upgrades at will? Absolutely. Right.
0: That's, yeah, that's part of it, the rogue It's the, the... rogue like, you're going to have one run that'll be just so good and super easy. You'll have other runs And then where... you have,
1: like, five runs that are horrible, and yeah. you're like, why am I still playing this game? Right. <laughs> the freaking third boss was stupidly OP, because your first, your third boss is you're fighting two at once. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I had never really had much experience with roguelikes until I played this, which kind of leads into our game for the next year. But it's a really good one.
1: We'll, we'll announce that one together, so we'll do your... Um, let's do, like, the Honorable Mention, since this will be the last year.
0: Okay. Yeah, I also had the Final Fantasy VII remake for 2020, one we kind of talked about, just revamping. Be-
1: beautiful look, you know? It yeah. just really
0: is. And I just thank you for taking away the turn-based combat. I don't like it. I'd much rather would have that, like, free-form hack-and-slash, you know? Yeah. You
1: know, it's a lot more fun and freedom-wise. And, and of then, of course, uh, yeah, yeah, Miles, Miles Morales. Morales. Which... <laughs> Ups and downs. I love the gameplay. Part of the story is good. Part of it was very controversial and bleh.
0: Yeah, it's a little politically driven for sure. Her, but
1: your villain is stupid.
0: Yeah, the villain I didn't love.
1: Yeah. I do love
0: Miles as a character. Miles, I think, like, all of Miles was perfect. They're continuously getting him right between yeah. like into the Spider Verse the movie and then you know his own standalone game and then he'll he'll probably be a pretty big part of the upcoming Marvel Spider Man too. I'm so excited! <laughs> it looks great. Right, <laughs> but yeah, uh, let's uh, jump up to twenty twenty one here the last year on our long list.
1: <laughs> so let's have you do like a few, or I guess I just don't do the one.
0: Yeah, so we'll we'll talk about our pick for the year. Once we're done with our mentions, but one that we for sure both will have Resident Evil 8. 8. We've talked about it before, just probably my favorite Resident Evil entry. It was
1: so well done, and yeah. they've got the DLC out right mm. now. I played it, it is so much fun. I
0: did play it, and I do like it mostly. <laughs> yes, I will agree. It
1: is a lot of like reusing, it is. Yeah. I wish um, it would have
0: done some more like unique stuff on its own.
1: I, I do agree that they should have done something kind of more unique to it. Um, the story itself, you're trying to you're playing as Rose, you're uh, e- Ethan's daughter. Mm-hmm. It's she's sixteen years old now, so it's been years since that incident. We get like the problems here. We get no information in this sixteen years except for right. a few books. And they're like small little pages of notes.
0: Yeah, I hate too that like the final room before the boss, you just have like four notes you have to read to get your context on why Miranda's still there. And I'm like, no,
1: that's not dumb. Yeah, they they, should have done stuff. (laughs) They should have done some explaining. Um, And then the other thing I didn't like was you were being told to go in there by a K to go into this mind to find notes. Yeah. You were never even told that the answer lied inside here.
0: It's kinda of dumb too, because they reused the whole surprise from the first campaign in Resident Evil 8, where it's revealed that Mia, you know, Ethan's wife, was Miranda. Yeah. In that initial sequence, which was really cool to find out, but then they kind of redo it where it's like, Oh, it wasn't Kay that told you to go into the Mega Miranda Icy.
1: again, it's all her. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's Resident Evil Eight itself is a very good game. I love its I liked Rands.
1: the house again though.
0: Yeah, the house part was cool.
1: The dollhouse, like, is what I'm gonna call it. That whole thing was a is always such a creepy experience. Mm-hmm. Like, it was creepy in the fir- in like eight, playing through the real game. They made it just even creepier.
0: Yeah, the mannequin part was pretty Yeah.
1: Freaking, <laughs> you got to keep your eyes on them, man. You're just like, oh, I hope there's nothing behind me. And yeah. there is, you know. It's one of those moments that it's just so great. Right. Yeah, just the base game itself,
0: I give it a lot of credit for resolving the issue of enemy variety within a lot of Resident Evil games. I love that it had different areas that and had their own enemies.
1: I feel like this also is like, um, this kind of, this DLC though does something you like where it's not like very shooter friendly. Yeah. This is like a survival experience. Like you are not going to have enough ammo here on the easier on the easier modes. You might
0: see the only part that was kind of tense like that for me was just the initial part in the mansion
1: mm-hmm. or the
0: castle. I guess I felt like the rest was super easy.
1: I mean when you get your power to yeah. like kind of freeze them, but <laughs> I was actually terrible at it at first and I was doing really bad spots to freeze, and yeah. so they kept hitting me, and I kept having to, like, get around them. I'd die a few times because I put them in the wrong spot or something. Mm-hmm. But for me, I was actually, like, on, like, a th- like I was like, oh, I got to get away from them. I don't have, like, enough ammo here. Yeah. So I had that experience on a few, quite a few spots.
0: Yeah, just a really good entry. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of bummed that we're not going to get a whole other game for, like, the Winters thing. I thought Rose would get her own game. And from I what I've heard, this is supposed to be, like, the wrap-up to the Winter Saga.
1: Really? So we're not... I didn't know that. From I what I've heard.
0: Can. I mean, I I would love to get another game. I, before, I
1: hope we but. get some, like, more DLC even to this. Because, I mean, yeah. 7 had, like, four DLC options. Right. So I'm hoping we get some more. And then <clears throat> I don't see how they could wrap it up when they still leave, a, leave us hanging in the end. Yeah. Because... The one thing that I also didn't like is the way Village ends is you see Rose seeing her father at her grave. They get in the car and they drive away. We have seen people that actually took the camera control and they're zoomed in to the guy walking in the distance and it shows that it's Ethan is back.
0: Yeah, I think it's more just like a spiritual thing, kind of like him being there with her, you know? I don't think they're being like, oh, Ethan's not dead. Let's get another well, game. Well, because he's not
1: but... alive in the beginning. He's technically well, part I... of the mold now. Yeah. And now that she has full control, she should be able to access that.
0: I mean, we'll see what happens. I don't think they're going to like bring him back for a whole other game. I think it was more just supposed to be like a touching thing, especially after playing the DLC. But I want him back. I don't think it's going to happen. I want it back. <laughs> but yeah, another one for me, uh, Life is Strange, True Colors. Another game that's just decision-based. I really... I
1: like the original Life is Strange.
0: See, and the first Life is Strange, for me, is just super cringy and outdated at this point. At this point, yes. But, but that's when I played it. Yeah. I liked it. Life is Strange True Colors I really like. Um, probably my favorite in the series, even though I haven't played them all. But just a touching story. I like how emotional it gets, and I like the characters. Also uh Guardians of the Galaxy, which I did not expect to like at all after playing Marvel's Avengers.
1: <laughs> yeah. They were but very different.
0: This game for me was probably the biggest like surprise of twenty twenty one because I really liked it.
1: Hmm.
0: I don't did you play it at all or
1: I did not get that chance to play it. And okay. I kinda didn't take that chance. I I don't know. I may play it in the future.
0: Yeah, I was pretty surprised. I didn't think I would like it, but I think it's very good. Hmm. And then, lastly, for me, just It Takes Two. In a time and day where co-op experiences are becoming less and less of a thing, this one Which was... they
1: need to stop yeah. doing that. Co-op <laughs> is better.
0: It Takes Two is strictly co-op. You have to play this with a friend. And it's a really fun, good story. I played it with my fiancé. And it's all super fun. She did get traumatized by the part of the game where you have to kind of kill one of your children in the game. Not... <laughs> Wait, wait, let me rephrase that. You don't kill your child in the game. You, you have to, like, kill one of their toys, if that uh, makes sense. It's the stuffed elephant, and you basically get this, like, torture sequence with it. What the heck? And the elephant's like, wouldn't it be more fun if we played Jump Rope as you're, like, ripping its legs off? And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so dark. <laughs> really fun. Uh, I like that one So I'm going to get my girlfriend to play this game? You should. You guys would like it. Um, What about your honorable mentions? Did you have any other ones for that year? Just Resident
1: Evil 8. So let's together announce our 2021 game Game of the year.
0: Returnal!
1: (laughs) So, in case we couldn't hear that, the game we picked for this was Returnal for 2021. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. um, Story-driven. It's solo player only. At least it was at that time. Um, This game is solid roguelike and bullet hell. Yeah,
0: very similar to Hades, but you're playing from like an over-the-shoulder.
1: You're in that third-person point of view. Your main character, Celine is in like this futuristic space. She is flying her spaceship to a distress signal from this planet. Mm -hmm. She is then flying down to it. It is a restricted planet that she should not enter. And when she tries to enter, her ship malfunctions and she crashes on this planet. It is then for you to explore. And you start finding some very interesting things right away. Right.
0: Yeah, I love how this game... It's one of those games where like, it gives you snippets to fill in your own like perception of the story. But it never strictly tells you like, if everything that's happening is real
1: or if it's in her head or if she's in some sort of purgatory... Because basically, the first thing you find, you find a body with the same spacesuit that you're wearing, Mm -hmm. and you even learn. Then you start finding audio diaries from yourself that you don't remember doing. Basically, you're stuck in like a Groundhog Day time loop, to where when you die, you wake up right back at that crash ship, and you're just stuck progressing through
0: this. Yeah, and it's just. It's balance of story and gameplay. I love the gameplay. Like That's I don't know funny. if you watch uh, girlfriend reviews on YouTube, but they described the boss fights in this as being like diarrhea Christmas lights. <laughs> diarrhea Christmas lights, <laughs> where you're just you have to dodge all these projectiles coming at you, and it makes the gameplay so engaging and fun, though.
1: It's not even just like there's that. Then you've got the th- uh the theme of the game you've got the music to the game which mm. is just beautiful to listen to and how right. it in, like connects you to the game
0: yeah it's oh what was the name the don't fear the reaper yeah it uses that song throughout the whole game in really cool ways to the point where there's even a boss fight that has like this organ remix of it but it ties in because later in the game you find out that Celine was in a car crash which kind of ties across to like the ship crashing and losing her child called Helios which is the name of your ship on the planet. But the song that's playing on the radio during that car crash is Don't Fear the Reaper. So the game heavily implies that this is kind of taking place in her head or in at least maybe like some sort of purgatory she might be in post crash.
1: But I just love this game. This game was beautiful. It was <laughs> it had its horror aspect, it had like that On the edge of your seat, because like it's like it's diarrhea, Christmas lights, you are dodging, weaving, trying to not take a hit, because like you don't have a lot of health, Mm -hmm. and then it's that um, roguelike aspect where you're trying to find like bonuses throughout the game that'll help you through it. There's stuff that's going to negatively impact you, and then there's things that will positively impact you.
0: Yeah, like I had the parasite system where you could attach a parasite to your suit, which will give you a buff, but, you know, what give-if taketh away because you also get hit with some sort of negative effect if you choose to have them on you. And it's just really good. It's some of the best boss fights I've seen within a game. Uh, the weapon variety is really good. The enemy variety is really good. Like you said, the soundtrack's amazing, and just, it's good. I love it. It was great. (laughs) Can't give this game enough praise. It's probably in my top five.
1: It is definitely my top five.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so that pretty much wraps up our selection. Obviously going to be a longer episode this week, because we're looking back clear as far as, like, 2001 is where we started. Um, You know, just... We like ranking the games we play each year with our podcast getting started this year. We don't have those previous lists for you, so we wanted to just give you our experience as gamers with those games. But yeah, with that being said, if you made it this far, uh, thank you for listening. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or YouTube, feel free to leave us a review. Uh, specifically, if you're on YouTube, feel free to leave a comment if you have future ideas or even if you want to give us some of your game of the year choices. But yeah, just please do. Yeah. <laughs> just thanks again for listening, and hopefully, we will catch you guys in the next episode.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: Bye bye. Bye bye. bye.